<sighs> it's been so many years, seven days, but it feels like years. Welcome to Go Live. <sighs> Dog song, you know you want this lovely tune. Baby! Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Live. It's been a very long time. I don't know how to do this anymore. Um, so well, Ace is going to run the show. In two weeks. It's more than seven, <laughs> I tell you that. <laughs> oh, Asa, how are you? <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. We had we missed last week. We were not around, so yeah. Let's get straight back into it. We got Colt, we got Luke. We're going to have all the good conversations. Everybody's missed us, and I'm sure we've missed all of you. No, yeah, yeah, it works. Fine, go. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, no pressure. How do you do this? Chat, everyone. Shout out to 250 people already here. We're going to introduce these lovely, sexy individuals. But before we do, we missed an insane week, didn't we? Of all the freaking weeks we missed go live, it was uh, the big one. But that doesn't mean we don't get to talk about it. Things have settled down, but there's still a lot to unpack some developments since that crazy week. And before we break into those topics, we have to introduce these lovely gents. It's public enemy number one, Luke Steele. <laughs> Luke, it was an absolute pleasure having you on here. Have a really good chat, nuanced and educated chat about this whole FTC merger. I promise it won't just be FTC chat, uh, Acer. Don't worry. I'm going to get it out of the way at the start. But Luke, you are a man with a big brain and an even well, bigger heart. I hope. <laughs> I've never met you. Uh, but yeah, yeah, how yeah. you doing, man? I'm just a bastard, actually. Uh, but no, uh, I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Um, yeah, there's been like a lot of... A lot of stuff, right? A lot of uh, FTC stuff and CMA stuff and non, you know, non ABK uh, stuff as well. So it'd be good to talk about all of it. Yeah, absolutely. We will definitely will and have some nuance, a chat on it, I'm sure. But the next guest, he loves to wear his thong. <laughs> I don't know why I got thong song. I'm gonna do this now. Play some really old school RV tracks every freaking week and get demonetized. But it's fun. Cole Eastwood, your face is looking shinier than normal. What have you got? Have you got a haircut? You got a little trip. I went to the salon just down the road and they took care of me real nice. And I just want to look real handsome for all of you, especially you guys. I wish I had an accent. I wish I'm just, it's just plain old vanilla Cole Eastwood. I've been out in the pool. The one that, you know, the Xbox bought me is like 500 bucks. You know, they threw a Series X full of water. And now I've been out just having sun, playing games with guys. Like yesterday, we just kind of hung out the whole day. And yeah. um, the news has been, it's been kind of fun, actually. That's you know? who you look it's like. You look like that rapper called Riff Raff. He's I'm going to look this up. He's, <laughs> he's he? white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, chat, if you know who Riff Raff is, he kind of sounds like, he kind of looks like it, but... Minus the grill and all of that. Stuff. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> he looks like J Rock from Trailer Park Boys. Uh, old reference. Yeah, that's a good shot. <laughs> no, I'm saying. Well. Uh, no, thanks for having me on. Um, thanks for coming Luke, on. It's man. nice to meet you, bro. Uh, this is great. Nice to meet you. 
Yeah, man. It's going to be a fun show. Shout out to 320 people already here. Uh, we're going to get saucy. As always, you know the format of the show. Before we get into the topics, we also like to start off with a little bit of gaming banter. Acer, I came into your stream, and then I came into your life. Than your chest. Uh, what have you been playing? <laughs> Only I'm just going to dispute the order of events. I'm also I'm looking at that riffraff, and I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Asa. Thank you. Well, yeah, ignoring that. What have I been playing? I don't know. I don't know. It's been a busy week. I play. I played Forspoken, everybody's favourite game. Um, there's dragons and stuff, and it's all right. It's all right so far. I'm only like an hour into it, so too early to get to the stuff that people hate. The intro is a little bit weak. A little bit cliche, but the game's all right so far. And I've been playing, what did I do on State of Decay 2? I went back in time to play State oh. of Decay 2. Don't know why, no rhyme or reason to the way that I choose to play my games. I just like look at the list of what's on Game Pass or what's installed and fire it up. This is State of Decay 2. Up? It's actually a hell of a lot better than it was at launch. So the tutorial yeah. hasn't changed and it's still fairly terrible. I went into it live on stream and I'm going through like putting on a brave face going, oh, this was a mistake. I, I <laughs> thought about what game I was going to play and chosen a good one. But then you get through the tutorial and get into the actual game and actually it's it's so much tidier than it used to be. And all the new features that they've added, the um, the way that they handle their, their hordes and sieges and whatever else is going on, it all hits the gameplay really early on. So actually, yeah, I think I probably mm. haven't got time to play it, but if I had a load of time, that I think has become a good game now. Uh, based on that on like three hours of play. <laughs> Did you notice the... Because they... Did a whole overhaul on the graphics? Did you notice did. that? And this is the weird thing because they did not touch the um, the opening tutorial. Tutorial is horrible, and oh. then you get into the world, and it's so much nicer. Oh wow! They fixed the lighting engine. Like that's another game that if they just would wait one year or two years, Xbox's games could be just even better. Like that, they really made it look a lot nicer. And then now it's enhanced. Wait, 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 so wait, 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 wait. I got into Leonard. I lied. Of course, there's been virtual reality as well. I just see people like outraged that I listed games and they're all flat screen pancake games. No, I've been <laughs> playing some virtual reality games. I just didn't list those. I played a little bit of Skyrim, a bit of Grimlord, a bit of Into the Radius. Lots of VR games always going on. Got my treadmill set. Tell up. us, tell us how Skyrim is in in VR. It's like I have a poster of it because I'm going to die in that game. I'll play that forever. And the only thing that can take me out of Skyrim is Starfield VR. So if the modding community get their hooks into that properly, then I'll take a break from Skyrim and I'll fly around space for a while. But otherwise, awesome. yeah, I'll just die in there. Mm -hmm. I'll chat to you about VR in a bit, uh, but I will do. But before that, Luke, what have you been playing? Uh, I've not... Uh, been playing that much actually but i'm quite addicted to uh tears of the kingdom at the moment oh, yeah. um because i finished uh so i've been playing diablo 4 uh on and off um and i finished final fantasy 16 like two weeks ago two and a half weeks ago something like that so uh, yeah. and i kind of put uh tears down to kind of go through final fantasy so uh so yeah now i've gone back to tears of the kingdom and i'm just kind of just sticking to that uh, because it's such a vast game anyway um yeah. that it's it's taking up a lot of time but uh, yeah i think that game is um really really good really it's really, really good. it is incredible i'm taking my time yeah. with it as yeah, well me too. yeah it's just like it's just oh with breath of the wild i kind of smashed through it and i regretted it mm. Whereas I'm not doing that with Tears of the Kingdom. Plus, I've got I'm playing so many different games, but I'm I'm thinking I'm there with you, um, as well. Have you done your first dungeon? 
Yes. Yes, I have. I'm yeah. on the second one now. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that they're kind of a massive improvement as well over Breath of the Wilds, which was a, a weakness of that game for many people. Yeah, um, as well. But I just, yeah, I just find the loop of that game just incredibly engaging all the time. I think it's just because there's so much... You, you you deviate so often from what your actual intentions are you know you'll you'll start the game and be like i'm gonna this is what i'm gonna do and you play for like two hours and you've not even gone near the thing you were meant to do in the first place so yeah um yeah i th uh, there's very few games that actually do that um and do and do that successfully so yeah it's um it, it's it's wonderful yeah yeah that's a great point about that's a natural organic open world that distracts you without yep. making you feel like you're distracted. It's just very, just the ebb and flow of it. Oh, you'll traverse through like a sky tower and you float down and you see, oh, there's a dun uh, you know, little, what's it called, shrine. I'll go there. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're just seeing something's happening. You're following it through. Okay, let me do a main mission. And that's that's what Breath of Tears the Kingdom does so well uh, and good open world games do so well so that's definitely one and I'm not I'm starting to get open world fatigue but that is one of the yeah, few games too. yeah yeah um, just uh, open world games don't respect my time but with Tears oh, the I Kingdom find, um, I find the same thing when I'm exploring in Forspoken just like yeah <laughs> I can't. I can't. I've not seen any such thing in Postbroken yet. I just I wanted to throw that in there. It's a big open world game, the open world. I also struggle with those. I'm still playing Horizon Forbidden West because like, it's really good, but it is really big and really long. And I'm just, I've been playing it for a million hours, it feels like. So sometimes I want yeah. games, even the very best of open world games, when you're playing like The Witcher 3, they're big. They're big games. Yeah. So I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, honestly, even the wishes, the scale of it just puts me off. And the combat, but we'll, it's not for me. Typically, they're not for me because they don't respect my time. But, you know, um, me and Fonzo are having a big debate about it. He loves his open world games, doesn't he? So do you, Colt Eastwood. You love your open yeah. world games. I mean, when you're in a world that you want to be in and you want to see everything and do mm. everything, you know, that size is like, Thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. And yeah. I feel like you've gotten to the point where you're like, I don't want to meander around and I don't want to uh, feel like there's just too much to see and not enough time. And when you said Witcher 3, I got like halfway through the game and I was really liking it. But I got to a point where I said, I just have to concentrate on doing the biggest quests mm. and just trying to get through the game because I, you put in so much time. It feels like it could never end. Yeah, um, that's a good point, actually. Sorry, Cole, that you said about it has to be a game world you want to live in, you want to yeah. spend time in. Starfield like is Cyberpunk, that game for like me. I wanted to live, like I would. Yeah, that place was so uh, scary and dangerous and gross and gritty and and you know <laughs> spike dildos everywhere but i wanted to be there i wanted to be <laughs> in that world where everyone is augmented and everyone's miserable and people are crazy like i don't know i just it's just like coursing through my veins and so it's like yeah. give me more of that but i don't know sometimes mm. we don't get enough open world games sometimes we're scratching itching for that like that sandbox game where you go out there and you just do whatever and, and affect the world and break things and blow things up. And I think that's kind of a trope that's gone away recently. Saboteur think, and things yeah. like that. Just cause. 
just cause that was a fun one as well you, you, yeah. you actually made me um yeah think they're quite a bit of why i've actually fallen away from open world games it's because of like cyberpunk is a great example everything about cyberpunk should draw me to this game a big there's blade runner feed do. like yeah there's nothing to do that <laughs> yeah, AI there's nothing is to not do in that great world yeah yeah, it's, everything's empty. So the world looks nice, but everything's hollow. And I'm just, I was, that's where it was such a gut punch that the game was so just hollow. Um, and uh, Cyberpunk of all games, it's just like when I, I just imagined, you know, we did a commission a trailer for it for the channel. We were so hyped. Everyone was like Blade mm-hmm. Runner, like fantasy Cyberpunk. This is it. How could CD Projekt Red mess it up? But they didn't. Uh, but, you know, I know you're playing a game, another open world game, that you yeah. love the world of or uh, the oh, world. This is so weird. Series. So without saying, because some people may have heard me say this uh, the other day, but mm. this is a game for the past five years. I've reinstalled every year, like once a year, I'll reinstall it, put in 10 to 20 hours and really try to see what people were liking about this game that was not liked at all. And I have... N- all those times I have like 50, 60 plus hours into it. And I'm like, I don't like it. I'm a big fan of fallout four. I don't like fallout 76. I've tried it. I tell everybody, I don't know what you love about it, but I can't stand it. And I picked it back up on PC and started over. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to try and figure out how the game actually works. I'm like, Oh, okay. I go back to my Xbox and didn't even know last month. It got a 4k 60 enhancement. And so I'm like, it looks just like my $2,500 PC. And um, I don't know what it is, guys, but I'm glad that we were talking about open worlds because I'm not here to talk about me playing Fallout 76, but I got to say I'm in that world and I'm and th- just going around and scouring a cabin or an old abandoned building and looking for everything I need and grabbing things I want and stuff I really want to use. And then unlocking perks has been the thing I needed right now this summer just to lay back enjoy the vibes you got that like over like uh, ambient music that plays in the wasteland mm. and so i'm calling it fallout west virginia i'm not calling it fallout 76 i think it's a dead game i'm just treating it like fallout west virginia and my friend ben kenobi the it's a talented artist that's on twitter is an amazing friend he said i'm just playing it like a single player game and i love the map and i am right there and i'm so glad i have something i can just sit back and just yeah. enjoy for finally finally enjoy it yeah because you've been desperately to to play a game like that's really grabbed you and it's nice that it's fallout albeit 76 so you get to i know that oh, i mean i'm a massive fallout 4 fan i have like 300 or 400 hours in that game but when i play it when i pick it back up i'm like i've already done everything there's nothing yeah. left in the world i've literally walked into every um explorable location and i have to say I've tr- tried as much as I could to see if I was interested in pulling the trigger and buying Final, F- Final Fantasy 16, which is a game yeah. I should be playing right now. But nothing about it appeals to me, and there's just no way I'm gonna I'm gonna take the dive, and I'm gonna have to wait on it. Otherwise, that's what I'd be playing right now. Yeah, no, well, you might. I don't know. I don't know what you, I have no idea how you'd feel about Final Fantasy 16. But I know that massive Fallout poster. What not even to. to can't even really call it a poster, whatever the hell that is in the back behind it, your head. Yeah, it's metal. It's, it's aluminum. Yeah, yeah. aluminum. Uh, aluminium. Anyway. Sorry, <laughs> aluminium. Shout out Happy Bomb in the chat. Um, uh, what's it called? Sorry, someone asked if I'm going to play um, Cyberpunk again. Definitely, after that Phantom upgrade, that's going to change the gameplay tremendously. I'm going to go back 
uh, and definitely play that. I really hope CD Projekt Red redeemed themselves. They have it in them. Um, as far as what I've been playing, I completed Bramble. Bramble's um, a game that I recommend people play, even though I think the gameplay is terrible. I think it's, it's going to frustrate you. you probably get annoyed at it. Like, there's not one good redeeming quality of the ga- gameplay yet. It's weird. It, this is a game where the gameplay takes backseat because the story is so well told. It's it's this European, very dark, like nursery rhymes, just dark. It's just dark. I want to talk to you about it, but I think it's spoiler territory. So I've been playing that. Uh, played Exo Primer, which we'll talk about later today uh, as well. Um, I got to play with Colt. Um, yeah, and Tears of the Kingdom on the way journey to work um had a couple of people i was just i could just tell staring at me playing it making me feel awkward I'm like um this is fun um and yeah i've just been jumping in back and forth between lots of different games need for speed unbound can i just can i vent about this game uh shout out shout out you're like a year late but vent away my friend vent away yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait did it just come to game pass now like just, yeah i think it's been out like maybe I think it's been yeah. out like nine months, maybe. I don't know. Nine months? But go oh, ahead. The game go ahead. has. It's been, game out, it's been out several months, but it doesn't really matter. But go ahead. We want to hear Bro, it. Bro, that game does not want you to win. I swear. <laughs> is it a ploy to Have you to played it, Luke? Sell? Have you played Need for Speed Unbound? Oh, yeah. I did. I played it. for. I'm not a big Need for Speed fan, but I did play it for a few hours uh, when, it, when it came out. What's um, your initial reaction to it before Gaz goes off? Uh, um i d- like it was fine it was okay like i mean it's um i don't know i'm really picky about racing games so like i'm not a big sim fan i know need for speed is not a sim game but like mm, you yeah. know i love yeah. like horizon for example horizon 5 I absolutely adore uh yeah. but yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't i like i played a few hours of need for speed and i was just like i just there's nothing really grabbing me here so back to horizon yeah, yeah. i had a similar i had a similar situation because i was playing it and i just found like it's far too easy to win. I had to basically take the engine out of my car. The game is just so easy. You'd have to be totally inept to fail to win the like the single player races in this game. But Gaz, what were you gonna say? Oh my uh, gosh, Asa. <laughs> were you even listening to him, Gaz? I was looking at the membership all I had was inept. Yeah, go ahead, Gaz. Tell us what your opinion is real quick. <laughs> what? He was setting you up to spike you over the net. But go I'm ahead. I'm so glad. I'm so glad my ADHD saved me there. Um I just wanted to say actually Shout out to Molten Pandora. I haven't oh, seen you here Asa. before. Becoming a member on this lovely channel. Thank you so much, man. Um, and I don't know. Uh, screw you, Asa. I don't know what you said there, but you know, <laughs> the game sucked. <laughs> it's just the driving model sucked. But the story was good. Uh, the story was good. I'll tell you one game that I played after making fun of it for a long time. is Gran Turismo 7 um, VR mode with the steering wheel and the psvr2 and so thoroughly just impressed with just the tech uh and the experience like it i'm not gonna lie like it elevated a what i think is pretty blair racing game to something really special all i could think of was Forza Horizon in this thing would be incredible. Forza, the next Forza Motorsport probably 
will be incredible. I just want to play Forza Horizon in this mode. Microsoft, just do it on PC. I I really wanna I wanna have that experience. Now I get it, Acer. I get why you always make fun yes, of pancake the second racing name on games. my petition at last. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I I really yes, do. I it, just is it stereoscopic 3D and you have the full head tracking? Yeah, man, it's crazy. You can look into your dad. It's bro. I'm telling you, like when I was like breaking, I felt like it was my brother's. My brother bought it, and I uh, tried it out. And my my brother sent me a video of my dad doing it. My dad hates Mm -hmm. video games, and him just giggling and just like having fun, and he's just like like fully in there my dad drives like an old man but in this game you forgot what the break was he was just yeah you can just see him giggling it was so nice to see my dad have that experience with video games it's very hard very hard uh almost impossible for my dad to admit he enjoys video games but he couldn't deny it there so So why haven't you bought a psvr too then i might do but space and you i would definitely get uh, racing wheel um but the problem is i, I want to play I, I'm, I'm not shitting on gran turismo i just think it's so dull as a racer i found it so dull it's like you know even the sound is like mm-hmm. apparently the sounds were improving this game it sounds like a vacuum cleaner to me man yeah, that's like, been their sound has been their problem for a long I time just i just don't maybe i need to go like the super fast races or something but it still would be something i would play because it's you have to be in the mood for it. I did feel a little bit like queasy, like like you do with VR. But it was so good. The trade-off was it's such a good experience. Uh, I would ec- tell everyone to at least try it because it's really good. And I hope, and I feel your pain. In fact, Asa, I don't even want to invest in too much emotion into that because it's a bit of a loss leader, that one. I don't know if Microsoft has an appetite, at least on PC. At least on PCs, I can play Starfield or Elite Dangerous. Well, I can play Elite Dangerous now on PC with VR. But yeah, I believe now. I believe in in the tech, but I completely doubt the PlayStation VR 2s in terms of value. Gran Turismo 7 is not going to be enough. I need to see more than Gran Turismo 7 for me to justify spending that much money because I've not seen anything from first party. I have to try the Horizon game, but I doubt that's going to do anything. Um... I just need something big. Like you need to do something, Sony. The pressure is on with VR, and I don't think additive experiences will be enough. I want something from first party that says we really tried, um, and if I'm not going to get that. I don't think I'll miss out massively without it. But I did enjoy that VR experience. But I will say not so much that the pancake is redundant, Acer. I think I, I will enjoy uh, the when, pancake as well. See, this is a funny thing because I talk about pancake games, but when I talk about the games that I've been playing, there's always loads of pancake games in there. Nobody, I've never yeah. met anybody that doesn't like pancakes. I'm not actually being like really derogatory and dismissive <laughs> of pancake games. I just yeah, no, like I VR you. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, honestly, I, I feel you. Every time I tried it at your house with that racing wheel, and that was when like you're like, oh, crap. Like you actually feel like about to crash your car. That was that is a emotion that you feel. That's you can only happen in VR. But yeah, I really like that uh, experience. I still think GT Seven is pretty poor compared to Forza. For me, just the way the game is, and I loved Gran Turismo. I probably spent most time in in that racer more than any other racer when I was a kid. GT One and Two. Uh, but <laughs> That's yeah, a long time just, ago. 
It's a long yeah. time ago, and really, GT for me has kind of fallen away. I'll try it again, but it's, there's too much to try. I'm more excited about Forza. I want to see a bit more Forza. You did a great video on Forza, and after that, we got some... Um, yeah, interestingly, like uh, Fligeron in the chat is saying the esports scene Forza is non-existent, and I don't know why because I've played a set of Corsa a lot. I've played a ton of Project Cars one, two, and three. I played Gran Turismo Sport. I've played the other Gran Turismos, and I don't understand why Forza isn't in that scene because, especially like Project Cars is like is, was really big on like mm. the esports sim. Uh, in a set of course and i i don't like the way those games feel they feel sterile they feel they don't feel realistic the way the car doesn't feel proper but i hear the opposite when people say they don't like forza they say i feel like i'm on ice skates the cars don't feel real i'm like i don't know i've driven a lot in my life and i and i play grand Turismo sport and i'm like this feels really stiff and just sterile and then i play forza i'm like Seven this feels, feels like, like i'm in a car me. Yeah, seven feels like that to me. I mean, maybe it's just different horses. <laughs> Were you playing uh, oh, Grand Prix Sport or Grand Prix Seven? seven. Yeah. It does. It feels very sterile. And when I was playing Sport, and then I watched a bunch of footage from Seven, I'm like, they're they're identical. I know what they did mm. was they just yeah, well, expanded and made you know uh, a full new game. I want to see. A, I'm a bit concerned about Forza Seven in terms of the jump between the last Forza game. And this one. But the reason I say that is there were bits in your video, actually. You, I think you were sw swapping between the games. And I was like, can't you tell a massive difference here? Like you in can. Terms of the, I yeah. can show you Forza Motorsport 7 from 2017. I can show you clips that I've recorded from my Xbox that some of the shots look better than the new Forza Motorsport shots. And then vice versa. Like, it just depends on... Um, somebody can show you a screenshot from any racing game, and if it's a you know just a noon shot in the middle of the day with a clear sky there's nothing really that's like oh wow but if you get that like nice glowing volumetric light at the end of the day and the shadows yeah. are long and all that stuff and then you know the light reflects off the cars just right it's like wow because even my wife when i was setting setting up my footage and doing my thumbnail she's like "Ooh, that one looks really nice i go yeah it's like a late day the sky's like exploding with napalm colors and mm. it, and it's a it's a five-year or six six-year-old game and it's like wow it looks amazing so yeah. uh games always look great but i've played so much forza i love the feel in forza tech it feels like a real car and i know people yeah. are saying it's you know it's a simcade it's not a true simulator it doesn't do all these other things it's like Maybe, you know, figure out what matters most to you. But the yeah. feel of the car, the physics, the real weight, the tire compounds, all those things, there's, that's really important to me. And I have a whole setup for it. So we'll see. And I think I think that to the question that you were answering about why is Forza not in these esports circuit, I'll be surprised after the next one, considering what, all the things that it's touting to do. With all yeah, the, they're pushing know. more of the of the qualifying, and they've never they haven't really pushed on qualifying and pit. Like you can play the whole campaign without really pitting your car, and they kind of like they they've always made the game that way, so it was more accessible. Uh, but then again, I've played Project Cars, and all that other stuff is like, oh man, I got to pit my car and, and like, ah, uh, but you know, people love that stuff. So it's just down to what you want. And there's all different modes. So yeah, I'm sure they'll good. let you pick and choose. I saw a lot of controversy of, about the facts or a controversy is the social media. So a lot of people will just enhance the noise, but in terms of Forza not having drift, 
uh something oh, yeah. drift, drift and drag drift racing and yeah and I, I covered mm. that in my video and the drift mode uh the drift circuit and the drag racing was something that came season two a year later in Forza Motorsport 7. Yeah. So I can see people are saying, hey, that had it all then. And I think for turn 10, spending five years instead of two years making this game, they should have everything ready to go. But they're also trying to make seasonal upgrades where they get everybody playing. They already showed us. He showed us a small sliver of this campaign that looks like you could just spend the whole time playing that. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not um, worried about that. It'll come in season two. We'll come back later, like you did with Forza 7. There seems to be quite yeah. a lot there. What about, Luke, I don't know if you're a massive car guy, but have you heard about this, the campaign model that revolves around, and maybe Cole can, well, Cole can help us here. You're supposed to, they want you to get acquainted with one car, upgrade it, and then like progress. Now that could be a double-edged sword. That could be really good or just something that people find annoying. What do you think about that? Have you known about that feature? Yeah, I think I think that's interesting. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think until I see how it will work in practice and, and really until I get my hands on it, I don't know what mm. I'll feel about that. Um, I, I played, so I played like, um, even though I'm not a big sim racer fan, it's it's funny because all the talk about GT7, I've played quite a lot of GT7 because I picked it up on sale purely because I wanted to see it in VR um, oh, yeah. well before PSVR 2 came out. And and secondly, because I really wanted to see what it would look like, you know, visually. Um, because I remember playing sport and thinking that that looks really nice. But again, to, to Colt's point, it's racing games, they kind of live and die by their lighting some of the, sometimes. So when yeah. you have really good lighting, they look spectacular. And, and GT7 is very much a game like that where it, you know, it like looks amazing in certain lighting conditions and their lighting model is fantastic and then other times it's kind of like you know fine yeah. um but anyway to, to slight digression but um that you find vr inside. by the way yes i have yeah i think it's incredible yeah so really mm. but i'm like you I, my vr legs are absolutely atrocious so Same. i can yeah. I can get through like a couple of races now without needing to have a break, which uh, before I could only really get through one. And then I was mm. like, right, I can't, I need, I need sucks. to have, have a yeah, little down. A yeah, so, take a little travel sickness tablet. I was the worst for motion sickness when I started oh, VR and I could do Grand Turismo forever idea. now. They're harmless. And they're I take up tablets. What is this? You take the morning after pill. Oh, no. Get right. a prescription. But so uh, anyway, to to go back, I'm I'm really excited for for, for motorsport and uh, GT7s. I mean, the, the way that they do the career is interesting because they kind of like give you. They go through the history of like hot hatches, right? And you'll collect some hot hatches, and then they're on to the you know there's the next set of cars and all that stuff, and that's quite engaging. Um, but uh, so I think motorsports proposal whatever it ends up adopting sounds quite interesting but it just depends on how they implement it and how you know part of the fun about those games is not sticking with like a fiat 500 and driving it for 40 hours it's like you know it's the car fantasy right it's getting so it will the the kind of temperate through the through the levels and through up to those kind of supercars will be interesting to see how they do it 
that's what that's exactly what my problem was with GT7 is they gave you like fifth like 15 rupees to buy a crappest crappy yeah, little yeah. Uh, high and die little hybrid and I just like on the track and it's the first race is like a circular almost NASCAR type and <laughs> yeah. car sounds like after putting me through a 10 minute unskippable cutscene and the crappy menus with these random people I'm meeting at a cafe you're gonna give me a car that goes yeah, and like when, you just, when you've had enough and you can't bear anymore you go to the the driving license place with the profile picture guy like now drive forwards and then brake now do it again drive forwards yeah. and then brake oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. i'm done i just it's so bad. I, I feel like it doesn't have... Like, it's weird to say. Gran Turismo's getting a movie because it's such an iconic game, but the soul of the game has just... It's just sucked away after for me. And a very be uh, brief playthrough. The VR changes it tremendously. It elevates the, the, the dull game to a really good, like, enjoyable experience. So imagine Horizon in that oh microsoft just listen to asa do vr on pc at least but yeah that's that's forza uh, sorry that's gt and forza um i do think you're right luke about the fact that the execution of that mode but part of me is really excited if they get give you the right cars like it's always good to build the idea i'm sure behind them doing this is for you to build a bond with your car and this is the thing like like even like take a Honda Civic for instance, like with a VTEC, if it gets you to really, because they have these um, other mechanic, don't they, Colt? Where the game tells you how you like micro performance things, right? Yeah, they uh, they give you a certain amount of XP for apexing or taking breaking corners properly or accelerating through turns properly, and so you mm. kind of it becomes a micro game while you're playing. You're like. Oh, I, if I take these corners really well, I might get up enough points where I could unlock some other gear. The problem is that that ekes into the, the crew, uh, Ubisoft, the crew, where they let you unlock stuff by driving really well. And then you could you could put it in your car and people don't really love the series, the game, the crew. But um one of the great things that we fell in love with with Gran Turismo way back in the day, because you did start. I literally started with the exact car my wife had when we were first married it was a car that we went around in and it was a 92 honda civic sedan and it was navy blue and it looked just like it in the game of course back in on the playstation one i felt like that looked like the real thing on yeah, my yeah. on my 24 inch crt tv and you you know it would take it would be tough to win those races like every couple races i would get faster and faster and unlock an intake and then i could really start winning races and i re you really fall in love with those vehicles and i remember being with those cars a lot longer saying that is the old forza and horizon games like i've just burned through cars like crazy here's here's three hundred thousand dollars okay i'll buy a porsche and then you yeah. drive the porsche for like two races and they're like here's two hundred fifty thousand dollars like oh i'm gonna buy this bentley and it just yep. goes on and on. You just skip through cars like crazy. And yeah. you get to experience all the cars. But I'm sitting back going, this isn't a car racing podcast. But I'm like, 
where's that like ownership like that yeah yeah no. that gamification type thing yeah no, no, that's a great point i think that, that, that they tend to end onto, onto something if you want to try and sample all the other game cars there's you know you got the, the mode for that but the story mode kind of pushing i'm this is going to sound weird but i'm a big proponent for story in car racing games it's the one thing that need for speed unbound i really wanted to experience like you know, your garage gets smirked and then you just need to, um, you know, build up your cars again and blah, blah, blah. And I really like that kind of story. And I think with Forza Horizon, there's a definite model that they, they could actually adopt with the story. Whereas with the Forza, I, I just really like this idea. I And it would really get me engaged because I'm doing Forza 6 after a very long time and just starting to play it. Um, and as much as I seven. enjoy it, yeah. uh, 7, sorry. Um, but as much as I enjoy it, I just feel like, is that you got circuit? You know, you pick whatever. You have loads of choice on what kind of circuits, you know, what kind of races you want to do. And then you've got like six races. Then it's just like very rote. So I'm really glad that turn ten I'm taking a say risk. Say story here. though, guys. When you say that you want like story in racing games, do you mean character-driven stories with actors and? I I, I actually really like that. Um, I think with like Forza 7, like if you can mix like the GT kind of like you're coming up, you're racing, there's a story. I know it's 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 going to sound like really out there for a lot of um, sim enthusiasts, but I think I really like that with narrative. Or, well, like, it does sound weird, but um, Dirt 2 did it my favorite way. In Dirt 2, you were in a, um, a trailer with a table that had the map of all the circuit races you're going to do across rally. And it, in first person, it swung you out of the trailer and over to another table where you'd pick what car and race you're going to do. And and the narrator and like Ken Block and the other racers, uh, rest in peace. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. He's amazing. Um, they would like talking to you. And when you were in the races, you guys probably don't remember this because it's like 400 years ago, but in the races, like Kate Justice and Ken Block and uh, Travis Pastrana would be talking to you. They'd have these pre-record things. Like if you rear into somebody, hey, hey, you all right? And they'd call you by your first name because you could pick it because it was Codemasters. And it was this own story where they sort of gave you a slight narrative that you were making your way up to the top podium of, of the circuit for everybody. But it's just kind of let you role play the rest of it. But anyway, that's... Mm. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, Blue Moon says, "Rest in peace, Colin McRae as well." Hey, yeah. when you burn fast and you burn hot, uh, th th these guys lived their greatest life, and they gave us all the entertainment, and they weren't here around very long, and they're pretty, pretty amazing people. Yeah, they're balls of steel, uh, especially rally <laughs> drivers, man. They, uh, I can't believe some of the stuff that you know, they have bigger balls of steel than rally drivers. All the people, this who obviously have a death wish, standing watching them. There's like everything. Well, I thought thing. you were gonna segue into a console <laughs> war subject, and I was like, this is peak <laughs> podcasting right now. Yeah, you see, like the cars flip into the crowd, and they're like, "Ow, my phone!" <laughs> yeah, it's just like. Oh, you guys have a death wish? Like, what are you doing? Like, maybe this is like a whole adrenaline thing with that. But that is mad to me. I've seen so many things go wrong with that as well. But yeah, it's crazy. Unfortunately, Space in the US or most of North America, we don't get to experience rally like you guys do around the world. Like, it's so massive everywhere. And Americans are so daft. Like, we don't even get to enjoy that. We don't have that presence here. And I see it on TV and I'm like, oh, man, I wish we had that. Because I would it's stand right there. Yeah, I mean to be to be fair to you, I think rally just generally is has a bit of a niche following. Uh, yeah. Maybe in some countries that might be stronger, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, but that's interesting chat actually. Uh, face 
I will read your super chat later. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we'll weave it in to the topics. You, I'm sure. Thank you for the DMing me that as well. I know you love your power things. We'll talk about the power narrative before we do. And I'm not promise I want to spend too long on it, but it was a big deal. The FTC got absolutely lasered uh, by Microsoft. And what it was quite an intriguing turn, like turn of events. So you've, you've had this very public, well, public, uh, hearing and we've had <laughs> all kinds of discourse. A lot of people's interpretations of how um, the the hearings went. Both sides obviously polarized. I think this is an American thing. I'm sorry, Colt. But everyone's like, "Oh, this is you got fucking destroyed." Microsoft don't know what they're doing, and then the Sony guys are like, "Oh my god, Lena, these guys are killing it." You know what he was doing, and I think to any reasonable person, I think we even said this before we watched the show. Even Ace, you were surprised at how badly FTC was handling this case, and then Judge, what's her name? She's a hero now to the Xbox family. Forgot her name now. Judge. Judge Corley. Corley. Jacqueline Corley. Yeah, she, Colt will never forget that name. Um, she's, he's got a poster of her on the wall. Uh, Judge Corley. <laughs> Judge Corley. Um, just not rebuked. That's a quite strong, but she, yeah, she quite strongly voted in favor of, or well, decided in favor of Microsoft, said there was an anti-compete, said that on the contrary, and I haven't got the quotes in front of me, but said that, you know, it was pro-consumer, -com pro-competition. Um, and then an appeal was filed, and unsurprisingly, in my opinion, the uh, appeal uh, was denied. Oh, or the, not the appeal, but the, uh, what was it called? Luke, what, correct me on the legalese. It was uh, the um, injunction was denied. Um, so now we've got a hearing on in August, 9th of August or something. I don't even have the date. But ultimately, Microsoft have come back. This has changed so much. And then uh, Luke Steele, when we did this podcast a few months ago, we were espousing a few things. First of all, first of all, you need to get your flowers for this. And I don't think the internet is ready to understand it, but I will bludgeon the point and force feed that like an old Pakistani auntie feeds you samosas. This point, we had an argument with the, you know who is almost load Voldemort. I don't want you guys to get <laughs> triggered in chat to meet this freaking chill. Um, but you know, this point, we heard it finally at the CMA, the hearing. The CAT, this came from Microsoft's lawyers, and I think I sent you the transcript as well because I was just yeah. watching it. They they admitted that the CAT had very limited powers to, uh, to remand the case and make a decision in, you know, that to impose it on the CMA. Oh, it said it expressly. They would refer it back. A lot of people were talking about the case being... the. Sorry, the merger being closed over the UK. That obviously hasn't happened since last week. What's happened? The extension has been granted. Microsoft contractually have agreed with Activision to to extend this till October. October. October something. Increase their penalty payout fee. Um, but it looks like the deal is about to close. You Luke Steele. 
I don't remember, I don't forget your percentages. You were saying 30%. Well, now, what would you say? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna pin a percentage on me again. <laughs> That's um, why I'm such a dick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know what? It's it's very difficult, but it's definitely more than fifty percent. I'll say. How dare you of... not be one hundred percent right uh, at all times? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> I know. Well, I think the funny thing about um, it, like the FTC element didn't didn't really surprise me. Um, because I didn't listen to all of the FTC case, but I did listen to some of it, uh, especially towards the end. Um, and I just, the, the way that they argued their case was just really poor. Like mm -hmm. it, it wasn't done in a way that, um, would ever really convince a judge who can just, I mean, effectively, you know, uh, come to a conclusion that they want, right? It's a bit different to the UK process. Um, but it, it was never, it was never really very convincing, uh, the way yeah. that they argued it. They focused so much on the console concern, which I thought was just stupid because everybody else had dropped that effectively worldwide. Um, if, they'd focused on the cloud argument would they be more successful i mean in the us probably not but they would have been maybe a little bit more um kind of determinative with the judge you know um mm. and 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 she even said i think in in maybe when she gave the the verdict out or when she was discussing it in court that you know she seemed to be more receptive to that idea right that element of the ftc's argument so for them to just basically just chuck that in was yeah. a really weird framing of their argument so so that that didn't really surprise me um the, the thing that really surprised me ultimately i guess and the thing that i never saw coming um is that you know microsoft are willing to to seemingly restructure some element of their deal to appease mm. the CMA. We still don't know what that is. I'm sure we'll find out soon. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's strange. Um, it's been really interesting, all the developments that have happened um, in the last... We did say that it's unprecedented level of this deal. You're going to get... And then, can I give myself some pats on the back? I kept saying, look, what if... The whole point I was saying, and I kept bringing it up, the basis upon this was, can they have a conversation after if something... And I, this is the only thing I was looking at the Enterprises Act for, then I gave up because I was actually doing law work and my um, non-mergers uh, and acquisitions stuff. But I was trying to find um, where the CAT, actually, in, the, in fairness, could... Because the deal morphed beyond what it actually is uh, originally was and this is what the cma contended in front of um uh, the judge basically that the deal has fundamentally changed to the point where that mandates or necessitates parties sitting down and negotiating and this is the only thing i was looking at i'm like if the deal morphs because of uh, you know this is a fluid thing microsoft with e european commission agrees something fundamentally that changes it what what would happen? But, uh, Luke, is this unique? Like, the CMA doing this? Is it quite unique? Because I don't... Yeah, yeah it it's not like even... It. It's not the CMA doing this that's unique. It's Microsoft doing this that's unique. Usually, I mean, the, the point was, and the CMA have reiterated that, and we talked about this before, and... Um, um, this is the point I made, which is that when, when you've done your final report, um, you know, and you've reached the conclusions that you have, the the point around 
remedies right someone coming in after the final report and saying oh well what about this remedy what about that remedy the time for that has ended right mm. in terms of statute that's it so there's no yeah. consideration beyond that now that can have an impact on the final order which is i mean we'll probably touch on that and something the cma have talked about but but that's it but what basically never happens uh is that the part you know microsoft in this case the party come and they say actually you know, uh, irrespective of the final order and anything like that, um, we may present to you a new deal or a new variant of the deal or something like that that mm. fundamentally changes your assessment of of everything. And in fact, it means that you they need to go back and, and reassess this from stage one. Um, and we'll get to again, I guess, what that means. But that that's the yeah. thing that's really unique. It, that just doesn't happen. But it's it's a testament to Microsoft's, you know, um, well, two things really, I guess. One, their desire to close, right? Mm -hmm. Want to complete the deal uh, that they're willing to do this, and two, uh, I, I guess as well, like an appreciation of, well, we don't want to go to war with the CMA about this stuff. We want to try and get them on on board, which is the point you and Absolutely. me have always made about it. Like, it just it's just nonsense to to suggest otherwise. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, where it goes from here to know uh but um it's it's really interesting anyway and it's, it's certainly very unique do you think as a mergers and acquisitions lawyer this case will have a ripple effect or set any precedent is there any development here that i i'm not appreciating because i don't do that deal with that area of law that this almost like consultation process to tying it to what rishi sunak saying uh, suggested a few months ago about uphold you know overhauling uh, you know yeah. uh, legislation i feel like just to me as a lay person that the regulators battles that being lost internationally in the, in the us and the uk may shift the power uh, you know the, the balance of power a little bit so that deals get done it's not ideal in terms of the ethics of it all i guess but maybe that the regulators worldwide they kind of joined hands almost in unison and seem to have relented or lost and microsoft's big 70 billion dollar case is the one that maybe perhaps setting a precedent or do you think this is just a it's just a thing on its own uh, I think it, I mean, you know, speaking purely on the on the UK CMA point, I guess, I don't think it will make any difference to what the CMA do and, and how, how they do things. I mean, you know, they're about to get more powers, um, mm. which kind of strengthens their position as a regulator in the UK. Mm, um, that's okay. going to happen fairly soon. Uh, what I think it does is it says to, you know, it, it raises this, this interesting point around once you've had your final report and, and um, you're about to do the final order, it raises an interesting point around the parties actually going, you know what, we're going to present like a, a restructure of the deal such that you need to kind of go back to square one. It all kind of circumnavigates that whole final report process. Mm. So um, that's the the interesting point going forward because, and not many, I mean, not many companies will do that. We'll do that. I was going to say Microsoft is unique. Yeah, yeah Microsoft pretty unique because they've got, well, the collective will and the, the money to do that um, and, mm. you know, so I think um, big deals like that from, from big players, by microsoft it might be a kind of hail mary thing that they have at the end if they're if they they get into the same position that the microsoft got into in terms of negotiating now because microsoft have 
till the October. Uh, I think the, the indication was like first or second week of August, where um, perhaps the CMA had to make a or, or announce something. I don't, I, I don't know what that is. Sorry. Um, yep. do, do you expect like a ongoing dialogue and negotiation in the background or is it quite strict or i don't know what's happening yeah it's interesting because i think um I, I, to be honest i'm not i'm not too too sure how they're going to do it it seems like i mean if you listen to um sarah cardell who's the head of the cma the last she's been on a few uh, news programs and, yeah. and even if you li listen to the cat hearing right the, the the onus at the minute is all on microsoft yep. there's not really a dialogue as such going on between them and the cma it's more that the cma are waiting for mm. whatever this this proposal is meanwhile microsoft are also contending stuff about the final order in relation to the old deal let's put it the the one that we are all aware of um so uh th th clearly i mean the i mean you listen to the cat conference as well there was definitely an inference that the CMA kind of know the ballpark of yeah. what Microsoft are proposing and kind yeah. of think that it could work. Mm -hmm. um, Sarah Cardell and some other CMA spokespeople have come out the last few days and said, well, it's, you know, it's all up to Microsoft to see if they can, you know, address the concerns we have. So they're kind of they're kind of being a bit wishy-washy with some of this stuff. But I think, you know, that... <laughs> That they'll present whatever this thing is, and then I think the the timeline for the CMAs that they they thought that they could at least make a determination in the by the end of the first week of August around okay what does this new proposal do to the current final report and the final order that we're going to make not necessarily yeah. what does it do to a fresh deal assessment but what does it do to that final order they need to make by the end of the end of august so um but th there's all the, the reason this is so interesting because it's all and, and they talked about this in the conference was there's all sorts of permutations around what the cma do when they receive this this new deal right like how does that how do they treat it do they treat it as a new deal like does it become a new relevant merger situation such that mm. they've got to redo the process is it a variation just of an existing merger situation i.e an existing deal and what does that do to the final order? like all these permutations come out of it which are really interesting so um that'll have a just... fundamental change on uh impact on your work obviously this kind of level of mergers and acquisition and blocking is very rare like you mentioned on our yeah show last time but still like i think that would it'd be nice to see that in the law gazette like the microsoft case and what it means yeah that in precedent even the yeah, judge yeah. at the time was like he was trying to find a juridical basis upon which he could actually agree a stay or and it was just there was this so much of it was fresh uh i yeah, found, I found yeah. it quite interesting yeah and he was, he was pretty pissed off you know he's pretty frustrated <laughs> by it um yeah uh, because right. he was like you know he said explicitly i mean i always expected him to to grant the the stay but he said like just because you two both agree that you want the stay does not mean i'm going to give you the stay yeah you know, youtube being microsoft and the cma like he's like you've got to give me 
something else. And in fact, he needed, in the end, he needed a witness statement from the CMA's legal counsel yeah. addressing certain points before he would give it unconditionally, which he's now done. Um, yeah. So it, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was not a happy bunny that day. Um, <laughs> he wasn't. But, yeah. It was funny with CMA working in tandem with Microsoft's lawyers. Actually, it, it was so just... bizarre. It was, it was literally. I, I think we were DMing at the time, and it was, it was like. It was so weird to see these, you know, like the CMA and Microsoft who have been, you know, cordially uh, aggressive to one another, kind oh, of yeah. unifying like some kind of Power Rangers endgame <laughs> figure against like the might of the, the Competition Appeals Tribunal. So well, that, that was saying, like That's a Microsoft, weird. man. Microsoft's lawyers, whoever they're paying, I'm sure that guy's... Basically, Microsoft have have maneuvered really well globally in so many different facets. This is what money brings to you and power and influence, I'm sure. But they've yeah, got yeah. CMA to listen. FTC was always a joke to me. The American process, I've said it before the, the hearing, like it was a done deal. Like I, I knew they were going to lose. Uh, I said that before. But the the CMA, as much as people like cry about it on socials that really don't have an appetite to even talk about it, in earnest, I think CMA think they're doing the right thing. They they even acknowledged at the time Microsoft they you know they're very helpful in giving the disclosure and helping things out. And then the, Microsoft not going full laser mode against the CMA what has paid dividends because they've balanced their strategies with different regions. In to me, without having the insight back behind closed doors really well because now here we are from 30 percent to i don't know what your revised percentage is i'm not oh, going to give you the revised percentage is even higher than the, the next zelda's review score like you can all see <laughs> yeah. it coming 90 98.5 um, yeah there you go just about higher yeah. than a zelda game the, the things that are going to happen <laughs> that's going to happen the cma will agree in the near future or whatever they're going to sort out it'll all go through worldwide in about five, maybe 10 years time, the European Commission will try and sue Microsoft for anti-competitive behavior. They'll make sure that the Xbox app is not pre-installed on Windows PCs and they'll give them a little fine. And life will move on because that's just, <laughs> that's like, that's a typical Microsoft punishment. That's that's what will happen there. Won't matter. We're going to end up in this situation with the, the Microsoft cyber soldiers and the Amazon drone armies having laser shootouts in the street, but we'll get our Call of Duty on Game Pass, so that doesn't matter. Um, the question though, and I don't expect like, any insight or actual answers because we don't have like even you luke as a lawyer you won't know the answer to this but do you reckon do you reckon there's any chance that whatever restructuring takes place the end result is going to hurt uk gamers specifically like they're going to miss out on any feature of the deal or anything like that mm. uh, it's possible but yeah i mean the the rumor right was that they were going to uh divest their cloud service in the uk effectively to a third party uh so i guess if you're someone who plays cloud on game pass then i don't know what the terms of that divestiture will be mm. but maybe that would would hurt you because you you wouldn't be able to access maybe you won't be able to access it through you know the, the normal method in the uk i don't know what ee or whoever would the third party would be would would do with it so if, if that is the the remedy if that is the thing that's changing then um yeah maybe i mean it, i think most of us it wouldn't it wouldn't impact me personally because i don't use cloud at all but yeah. um i'd rather that than something more 
ridiculous, right? So, um, yeah, maybe. It'd be you know. funny, though, isn't it? That's a good question. It, 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 the CMA in trying to protect consumers actually does something that actually hurts the UK consumers more than everyone globally. It's like trying to save face almost, it's like for the sake of it. And I'm like, well, you've kind of hurt UK gamers. <laughs> so that, and I think they definitely know because for them to come to this degree, they've had some conversations and they've pretty much yeah. have had an indication of what Microsoft is proposing. Now it's boiling down to the details that which they'll consider, but it looks like on the face of it, the CMA are agreeable to whatever Microsoft has suggested. Yeah. And so that for me, and they wouldn't go all this trouble. I also do think there's a lot of uh, saving face here because the whole world, Luke, has approved it. The pressure will be tremendous. Everyone's going to be... You know, CMA are independent body regulators, whatever, but you have they're still human at the end of the day, and they're going to be susceptible to that pressure. And the whole world is doing it. They quickly responded when the EC granted it. They quickly responded when the FTC made that decision. It seems like that pressure. I, I can understand gamers' frustration uh, at the CMA. Although with Twitter, I can't have a conversation because people are fucking stupid um they're just like oh no they're corrupt i was like you guys are fucking idiots i could sell you freaking water filters in the desert because you guys just freaking i don't know i just try to become an analogy but I can't, that's why i don't have these news conversations on twitter because just like everyone's fucking stupid i'm not saying i'm i'm clever I'm just saying people on this when it comes to this deal and politics and everything is just stupid um but that's just me. Maybe you I literally cannot have a single reasonable or manageable conversation on Twitter.com. It it cannot. It is uh, impossible. That, yeah. Yeah. It's impossible. impossible. That's why I just troll. I use it just to piss off ponies and troll and maybe share some nice pictures. I, I told that's my followers I yesterday, I said, Xbox is not going to respond to the PS5 Pro with a mid-gen console next year or the year after. And I got responses like, you and your console war. It's like, all right, I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. I was just telling you what I think the expectations are. And this guy was like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't I even, really, Twitter has made me really want to punch people in the face. Um, just it, it, has, it has with this deal because people have this. I never expected people to have genuine emotional reactions to merger and acquisition activity. Like something that is so binary. Right. That, that, that's just that's just two massive, basically two massive dick swingers swinging about their money, you know, and going, you know, we, we want to buy stuff, which is absolutely fine. There's nothing against that. But like, it's it's the reaction that people have had. Yeah. And the visceral reaction when you when you just like not even against the merger, you just you just you just say well maybe they won't do that because X or maybe they can't do that because Y. Yeah. It's like what are you talking about? <laughs> Is it, is it not like that in all the other mergers and acquisitions you deal with? Do you not have like, oh, we like this brand of tractor that deal has to go through the CMA are corrupt or whatever? Uh, yeah. all these. <laughs> no, I it's, it's the funny thing is like, it's all so painfully mundane. The, like the other mergers and acquisitions stuff like it's interesting that's why I do it. Like, and that's why it's my profession and like, I really enjoy it. But like, it's not like, you know, it's, it, everybody's just trying to work together 
really to achieve a, a common aim and obviously you don't have fans on either <laughs> side like championing in it I, I just don't i just haven't under understood it i just don't i don't get it and, and it's worse on twitter because it's not as if you can as you say you can't have like a a reasoned debate with someone about it it's funny you, you mentioned twitter it's funny seems... because there was um the first time that the cma tweeted like anything about this whole deal People were like, oh, why are they on Twitter? That's so weird. And if you looked at their Twitter account, they're constantly on Twitter, but none of the other tweets have any views or replies because nobody else gives a shit. <laughs> oh, they yeah, stirred yeah. the console fans. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying about the pressure. There was like, oh, shit. Little, little Sue back there just running the, twi the Twitter things. And like, fuck! <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Everyone, we got so many views. Wait a minute, this is great. No, wait a minute, this is bad. Death threats? Why are these letters coming to us? Why is it laced with the horse uh, manure? It's just fucking. We had to close our DMs. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gamers are freaking weird. Even like pro Xbox side, I just found like I was just like, oh, you guys won't even entertain. Why we think this would be a problem? You just were convinced they will close over. They haven't. So just take the L. Just take the L. It's just weird. And like, people just don't get it. Like we can't have that conversation on Twitter. But um, yeah, Face Twenty Three Brooklyn, New York. Thank you with a $20 super chat, man. And he goes, Gaz, first of all, the FTC only lost an injunction to block the merger until the court date of August 2nd. With, <laughs> with the FTC. Holy Don't hand grenade. This is the same guy who's like, when he's like, can I stay the night at Rick's house? And she's like, no, you can't. You didn't do your homework. He's like, but you're still going to let me, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're still going to let me stay the night at Rick's? Like, Rick's 42. You're not staying at his house. <laughs> Well, strictly speaking, he's correct. Like, if you miss the context and remove all of that out of it, they still have that hearing on the 2nd of the August. Um, so saying, there's a chance he can stay at Rick's house. Who's Rick, Colt? Who is Rick? I got my own volleyball net, bro. Come on over. I'm like, all right, well, I guess volleyball. we're doing this. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, face. If it happens, we'd be very surprised because the U.S. is a whole different kettle of fish, and I just don't think that's that's going to make a difference. No. Yeah, I, I mean, think it would be strange if the FTC carried on at this point. Um, they, I, in recent memory, I, I can't remember them losing effectively two injunction appeals and then also trying to continue blocking the merger. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it would just be a waste of time. I would think. Yeah, yeah. I th they have to save face. They have to show a little bit of safe face. Um, they have to s just show a little bit of humility because Alina Khan's getting rebuked in in Congress, and she's got zero and four record, which is terrible. They've gone. They didn't have, unlike the CMA, the FTC didn't engage in discussions. Had this very bullish attitude about we're just going to block this deal. You're a trillion dollar company. Here's more taxpayers' money. We were asked for more money. Get denied. Appeal. Appeal, which was always going to be uphill. Lose the appeal. And then you still want to persist? It just shows... I, I just don't see that happening. So, you know... I mean, they got to kind it, of position know. it to look like it was partially their idea to go ahead and let it go through. Which they've done they a little bit to. of that already. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, in order to look like... they're watching, And I'm not trying to be absurd about it because... They have to posture this like they do care about the consumers and the market in the UK and that they yeah. weren't like throwing that all out the window for a political line or an agenda. 
which is only partially what they were trying to do. Like, and they're trying to stop big tech and I get that. But at this point they have to come to the agreement. Kind of like when you just come to an agreement with someone you were arguing with for a while and you just have to kind of say, you know what? I see where you're coming from. I love final fantasy games. What was I thinking? No, but I think that's that's part of what they need to do. They need to make sure that they look like they were watching out for competition, that competition could flourish, and that this was good for the consumers and that market could grow if Xbox is actually surviving and not completely dead in the ditch. And there you go. I think, uh, uh, what do I know about it, right, Luke? What do I know? That's just how I see it from the outside, and uh, I've got to be somewhat right somehow. I mean, saving face is important. I think that out of all of the regulators, the European Commission looks like the best one yet because they managed to fashion a solution and some compromise on Microsoft's part, whether or not it's something major, I don't know, or valuable. We'll find out in a few years because this is all crystal ball stuff with the cloud stuff. I actually think it would actually hurt the development of cloud if Microsoft has stopped here because Microsoft is the only one really taking this seriously. And we've all agreed. All of us here, including you, Luke, that you think you don't agree with this being blocked. You've said this yeah. multiple times. Um, people don't listen. Um, Rambling Entertain, thank you for the $2 super chat. And for being a member for God knows how many months, he says, stop playing with the gremlin and give me my sauce. Sauce is coming, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to, oh my God, 709 people. What? What? <laughs> Smack that like button if you're enjoying the sauce. We're almost done with the FTC chat. Um, <laughs> Space Dover Kid with a $5 enough. super chat. Thank you. Yeah, no, not forever. Uh, thankfully for UK gamers, <laughs> Xbox is region free. They can just change the console to a better country. Oh, shade. Probably, yeah. Um, Black Cobra with a $5 super chat. Hey, guys, so I was thinking Microsoft went back to fi- fix the old COD servers. What if they did that so they can bring the old COD on Switch? Actually, that's actually a sick shout. I think it's why they old... did it. Oh, maybe to bring the old Call of Duties to Switch? That would be pretty I... big. Yeah, I mean, that's what I heard, that they didn't do it just for Xbox fans. They did it really? to prepare for Nintendo. Yeah. And Nintendo's oh. like ready to announce their new console. I don't know. Maybe in the spring, maybe this year. I have no idea, but I'm sure that's getting pretty close. And everyone's like, oh, cold. You don't switch. It's going to run two frames. <laughs> I'm like, no. Well, I mean, it, it, it will run probably run at 30 well, on the Switch right now, the older ones. But um, the Xbox yeah, 360 game would run fine on the Switch. I just, I'm not sure that they would yeah. bother to put any development into that. It's, it it seems a weird choice, right. but but it'll be hard. Uh, but but shout out to Microsoft. But immediately we're starting to see some benefits. Is it Microsoft? Here's Microsoft. Microsoft is the reason they confirmed it. Hey. It came out uh, in an article um, that Intel, so whatever it was called, um, that Microsoft is the reason why the these servers are running. Modern Warfare Two. I'm jumping back on it again because I was struggling to find players when they did do the. Uh, backward combat thing a few months ago or oh, a year ago or so. Uh, so it's great. It's so good. You can see on social media loads of videos, like the masses. Apparently, loads of Xboxes are selling. There's a spike in sales on the Xbox consoles because people desperately want to play the old Call of Duty games. And I don't blame them. I was watching TikToks and all these vines of people like all this like dramatic music. And they're like, oh my God, the menu music of Black Ops is like, it's back. And shit game modern warfare 2 infinity War. switching sides they're, they're, they're call of duty was the best one 
switching sides what do you mean <laughs> that's what they say in the in the game switching sides and people are using that in memes uh have oh, really? in the chat so let us know what your favorite call of duty multiplayer one was or your favorite version Marvel of call of duty i'm just gonna say black ops 2 was mine i don't know why but uh, like i just couldn't stop playing it so we'll just have write that in the chat guys we'll see what everyone's favorite bro i had so many days of modern warfare 2 right me and my friends mm -hmm. it sucked us it sucked our life away multiplayer galore in that game over 148 tactical nukes it was an incredible experience i was, kept updating my bio every time i got a tactical nuke and when black ops was coming out there was so much hype took the day off work went to a midnight launch and it was cold. Had you gone through? Uh, you had you uh, gone through puberty back then? Virginity, <laughs> you're gonna say you bitch. <laughs> I retrofitted. Maybe I didn't. Wait, wait, your your voice sounded exactly the same back then. <laughs> you call? <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, shout out to Shabs for being member for 21 months. He goes, Modern Warfare 2. Thank you, Shabs. You have good taste. He says, Kupo is standard now. <laughs> and Black Ops, then Black Ops Zombies. Uh, so when Black Ops came out, yeah, I was so hyped about it. I waited like somewhere in Wembley, like for people in London, and this massive shop, Tesco, and there were over 200 people. And it gave me a number thing, and it was number 98. And it took ages and it was so slow. And I was out in the cold at one point lining up, came out. I was so ill. I went home. I was so dejected. There's no way I was going to work. The next day I found out there was a shop next to me, had it all along and no one queued up for it. I went up in the morning, grabbed it. I'm ill on my day off, play the game. And it was shit. I think Black Ops was terrible. I sat there for a few seconds waiting for the textures to load. It was like Redfall. Uh, it was just like horrible. And I just found the game just like it did not do what Modern Warfare Dudes 2 did. Infinity Ward were way and always will be. Well, the original Infinity Ward better than Treyarch. Um, but I'm an old player and I know people like hold Black Ops in high esteem which I find so strange because Modern Warfare 2, even though it had some like pretty bad things like one man army explosions, that, that, that was bad. Danger close, one man army combo, commander from across the map, even the Black Ops had that. Yeah, anyway, I was going to talk about COD for ages, but yeah, it was just, it's good to have that back. That was a big part of our gaming heritage, playing COD. So the, reviving that, it'll, it goes to just show there's a lot of value. Tell me really quickly then. So the old ones, there's like apparently like a million people playing old Call of Duties from the 360 or whatever. Is there actually something materially better about those games that's been lost over time in Call of Duty? Are the old ones better? That's a very good question. Um, yeah. I, I think a lot of it... Well, see, yeah. Well, I would say the lot last that, Call of Duty was focused on gunplay. Like, when they first got the game and they first like were born into it, it was big. And then they feel like they can't recapture that. And most of the game is still there. Like you still have the same thing you loved about modern warfare too, but, um, but it's been someone going on for a long says, time. Dead planet says simplicity. And I think that is one thing that yeah. I feel like the other games are over engineered. You can see with the advanced warfare, it became in Titanfall clone and 
it just became a little bit you know you get iterative low layers of fat and just like it was just mm. whereas with infinity ward i do think infinity ward was so talented the now respawn studios that they were ahead of the game and everything like even black ops trail copied a lot of it the call signs stuff and everything even kill street any all of it um but I find the simplicity of it, Dead Planet, you're right. I, I found it just fun. Yeah, balance may be laughable now, but it was just even the map design. Maps were always better. Afghan, I guess, I still remember. Afghan, Terminal. Terminal was incredible. I even had a high-rise one. There were so many good maps. Even Wasteland, which is not exactly the best sniper map, was still fun. They had this different like vibe this atmosphere and i feel like the latest cods rarely rarely do that even one a good example is modern warfare 3 where it just turned into something else shit ton of maps no soul guns were stupid akimbo everything was just mad time to kill was ridiculous it's like it was playing hardcore it's just yeah it just didn't have that balance so a lot of people and black ops 2 was really good even though i'm not a fan of treyarch black ops 2 was really good in that regard um so yeah it's it was, it was really good man like um it's good good fan service and it's nice to see that community you know just enjoying that uh those old games again dead planet with a five dollar super chat vintage cod online getting fixes making xboxes sell out is there any doubt what a massive impact this deal will make for xbox there shouldn't be and i think a lot of people who are downplaying it for ages exposed exposed their insecurity about it but when they celebrated ad nauseum when they debated it ad nauseum with lines and lines of paragraphs of stuff even on twitter with its <laughs> character limitations it's going to be a big deal. Um, and I think it's going to be a big deal for gamers as well. A lot of people downplay Call of Duty, Cole. They say, what's it going to do? You were doing this, Cole. And I'm saying, I believe. And yeah, you were saying it's going to be the same shit. I'm like, it's not going to be the same shit. What? What when a Warcraft coming. You just before. Oh, the, oh what, what ABK would put out? Yeah, my or Activision what? would just function. I think I'm hoping and I will be relentless in demanding Microsoft force Activision to re review the older IPs, make WoW come to console. Look, I think it would be huge. It would be huge it if it came huge. to console. I, Asa, you're making that face, but it would be huge. You'll see a massive spike. So many people, when I made that, pushed out a tweet about bring wow to xbox so many people said they've never played wow and i think the console players it doesn't it actually. doesn't matter if they put it on console it would be huge and huge. you I need mean, like 40 buttons to play wow but jez corden's convinced he plays a lot of games like that that they could do it they could put a ui and set it up for controller and it would be just fine it'd be great but you know can. is it as sweaty as it used to be no but it would be huge I, I, I wow uh, classic could still do in control i did it with a mage and you know mage has a trillion buttons and i did it with a controller on wow classic it mm -hmm. wasn't perfect but it was still like mage is easy. It's a problem with world of warcraft on a controller it works very well on the controller and has done for a while um the difficulty is all of the healing classes don't work on a controller so you've got a big portion yeah. of the balance of the game is thrown out a lot of the classes mm. would need revamping you'd need significant content changes but what really trips up the idea of a console release of it is that world of warcraft is a fucking hideous game now for a new player you can bring that across <laughs> and it will not stick 
the new player experience in World of Warcraft is terrible. Terrible. It's like time traveling dragons that say which expansion pack do you want to play through, and it's like mm. they'd need to pick a point in time oh. way back in the past, and they'd need to rebuild and restructure the game, or it would probably be more sensible to just build something else in the Warcraft universe and bring that across. Use the name how they want to, but but World of Warcraft, the PC behemoth, is many expansions and many years into development, and it's just not it's not tidy would you not, at all. Would you not suggest, because in my mind, the best way to do it, and almost the only way, the right way, technical challenges aside, is WoW Classic. Let the gamers feel wow classic or you don't think that's that's doable no wow wow classic is a 20 year old game (laughs) it feels old and crusty i think people will play like five hours of that and then be like what the hell is this like really to grind yeah because like the thing with the problem with wow classic wow classic is a product invented purely for nostalgia purposes right it's for people like you know that played wow back in the day and that are disillusioned with the current game so they want to go back to how it was because they have fond memories about it i loved you know i played wow for a long time when it when it came out and i loved that i went back to wow classic it's terrible like it's not like it's not it's not good anymore you know it's i don't think people would agree i mean i completely agree with asia i think you would either need to do a new warcraft product or you would need to do a fundamental restructure of of the game to get it into a position where it could be you know good yeah yeah like good for new players and especially good for new players on console because it's not it's that's not what it is what wow wow is at the moment is a you know something that's um servicing people who are heavily invested into that game it's not servicing you know new new people who are joining it thing is it's funny because asa didn't we we had an uh, amongst our friend circle we had newcomers who never played wow actually really get invested in it and never played an mrpg let alone wow wow classic we had sammy we had ben like getting into a sham and loads of people started playing it and i that, that to me i know this is a it's a small talent people pool of three people and our friends but it the they got sucked into the world they got sucked into the grind and they really enjoyed it. They they felt, and I, I I don't know, I don't know. I feel like people would enjoy it. I think I, I would do it. So there's no cross play with PC. Uh, start it. All the console peasants off from the scratch. So then they start. You get your natural console variant of Baron's chat or how you do it. Crossroads and see all that shit wailing caverns and how the console gamers handle it understanding the classes obviously got a whole repository of things well this is all again that's a good theoretical that's a fine example though because the thing that you said there like baron's chat that would not work on a console guys (laughs) that's a simple example uh, your nostalgia is like oh i remember all of the trash talking you're not typing on a console you'll have like shouting over the barons no it'd be awful yes it would anyway i just want to be really really clear that world of warcraft has to come to virtual reality before it comes to console (laughs) once i was able to use the ring of forgetfulness and like cloak of doom i was able to put area of effect attack and uh gosh you guys this world of warcraft talk 
<laughs> Sorry, Colt. <laughs> just like fuck no, Colt. you guys. I, I, no, actually, I, I refuse to accept that. I, I played that as a range, the FTC. A range World of Warcraft a... is more interesting than <laughs> yes, the FTC yes, you're court right, case. You're right. <laughs> well, okay, Starcraft. Okay, let's move on to that. Starcraft Ghost was supposed to be a console game. Like, what happened with that? I want to see Starcraft come back. I want to see Prototype come back. I want to see yes. all this studio blur. Come on man like i i just feel like xbox guys are already talking about the next acquisition i'm like wait hold on pump the brakes what about this freaking mega 70 billion dollar deal did you want it to go ahead purely for console wars or did you believe in how this would benefit you more than just getting it on game pass i don't want just cod on game pass big deal sure it's actually crazy getting a new call of duty game on game pass but I want to see Blizzard, man. I want to see Blizzard fixed. It's not easy, but I want to see that happen. And I think Xbox yeah. gamers should unify themselves in demanding that. And if you don't do that, feel like you're just just shilling mindlessly. Um, Rambling Entertain. Sorry, I'm just going to uh, back, quickly back to CMA uh, chat. He just said, thank you for the $5. He goes, CMA FTC's biggest L was arguing for Sony facts. Well, more the FTC. Uh, the CMA actually relented on the console mark, uh, competition space already. They, so that wasn't even part of the picture, but the FTC didn't, which I laughed at because I knew that was the weak point and then they screwed themselves. And not that ABK would give Microsoft a stronger position in the PC Obsess over Linux, Mac OS, etc. On gaming, you're rambling. Uh, partially right with the FTC, Linux. Sorry, um, but yeah, AC too cold with a five dollar super chat. Thank you. Because do you think Xbox is going to copy Sony when they had COD by doing exclusive COD skins and XP nope. to try and secure exclusive quests nope. like Hogwarts? Nope. 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 Phil already Oath. said that like four years ago that they are not in the business to segment. The, pl the community apart on games. Remember when everyone got after Phil and all the X bots because Phil said we're not, it's not in our business model or it's not our method to segment people away and make exclusive content. And they're like, Oh, he doesn't want exclusives, but he was specifically talking about how PlayStation has maps and Xbox used to have maps and modes that you could only play on a multi-plat that everyone had access to. So when yeah. Phil came into Xbox, he wanted that gone. He was like, yeah. we're no longer going to hold people away. We want the community to be able to come in and all be on level playing ground with the games that are multi-platform. Yeah. So, well, what is the what is the kumbaya? The only thing it does is if you're only putting it on one device, you could boost the sales of that one device. And I guess if you have if you if you gatekeep Call of Duty zombies in 2025 away from playstation people are like i really want zombies so i gotta buy an xbox or a pc or i gotta play it on yeah, game pass that, as far as, as cod con content they're not going to do that and i don't give a shit about cod you can keep it multiplat i don't care even with my first source video satirical as it was i said let them have cod but what about all these other games like we're going to get on game pass that's a big advantage but i want to see the other games well you're right though i mean who cares that's like, what i'm saying they like they know call of duty is going to be multi-plat yeah. and they're going to keep it on playstation so they're just going to release all the content and sell it to everybody so yeah. but as far as the other stuff feels like oh indiana jones yeah that's ours you can't have that unless you if you're go only going to play on a playstation hey that's like if that's what you want to nah. do but that, that 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 was the best part about this thing for me where the, mm -hmm. the 10-year deal that they signed colt they 
my Sony could have see there was a point where brad smith was waving that contract around do you remember that the little pie chart the ponies use with microsoft there's this tiny little piece of pie and then he yeah. was there desperate he was there like brad, please come to the table we he literally said we could like we have the terms if you want to invite someone we can discuss them had sony not sucked off regulators and re- re- just relied on them yes. <laughs> Um, completely they would have got a lot there they could have a lot more than they've got now all they've got now is cod they signed a 10-year deal for cod and cod alone but that moment when brad was holding that camera it could have uh, camera <laughs> contract you could have changed the falafels but the falafels are now stale and that's all you get is cod and that's a fat l for uh for playstation but that's the ftc stuff um and we're going to move on very swiftly it, it, it's it's been it's been tiring with finally light at the end of the tunnel october that's it don't throw a spanner in the works regulators see if they just freaking <laughs> accept whatever say, it is you've not you're not prepared for the end of season twist that's coming oh next. god don't even do that invariably like. there's, there's going to be something but, i know yeah. just like gonna be some crazy that like the the remedy is going to be so wild all the fans will be like what <laughs> just, i don't know i don't know what it's gonna be we'll find out we'll find out but you know what i how i know the deal hurt uh our galloping brethren that day this next game spider-man 2's trailer came out and you're, you're I'm seeing the reactions like this is the second coming. Like, what is this? Like, okay, they must have shown something really incredible. And they showed Spider-Man 2's trailer, which barely had any gameplay, which shouldn't surprise me because PlayStation guys love cinematics. So of course they would love this trailer. And they showed it off. And I was like, okay. Uh, I see this like the, the guy, the oh chap. Uh, what's his name? Harry? What's his name? His face looks weird, and then Peter looks weird. It just looks weird. They all look weird um, in this. They all look uh, nice. Big deal. They all look really, really nice. Like nice. I don't know. They just look weird to me. Like they look. Um, they just look very nice. Like like nice? a Hallmark drama TV show. I don't know if anybody in, gets that <laughs> reference, but like, uh, just like the Look good Miles, witch, man. like what they do to my boy. Well, I haven't actually played Miles Morales, but I don't know. They just look really, really nice. Like even the villain looks like a really, really nice person with weird hair. So <laughs> I, uh, I saw all the console warring in the chat. No, no, and... the, the villain looks cool. The villain looks cool. I'm kidding. I mean, look. If you like, Peter Parker in that suit looks like a freaking clay man. It just the facial expression looks weird. Um, but ultimately, you should have Asa pause it on the on the faces. <laughs> yeah, nice. but generally, like the story and comic book guys love it. I can see that. Like just the freaking comic book nerds. But like I like comic books. I was just starting to get into them. But this. This didn't do anything for me. Obviously, there's not much gameplay. Mary Jane looks old. Like she looks like he's Peter's mum now. Like what happened to the face? Do you know like, what's weird? About that? Is that correct? Jazz? It, like, it's a, don't ask for story spoilers, Colt. Um, that's the weird thing though, because the Spider-Man obviously they changed the actor for Peter Parker, right? Between well, the face, yeah. the motion capture yeah, actor yeah. between the release of it yeah, and things. But he was, oh god, what have I just pressed? I don't know. He was. Um, 
older like he looked post-college and then they reframed him with this different actor and he looked a lot younger and it was a bit of a shame for the story but then they've introduced harry as well he was better before who's also yeah. younger so it's a shame for me that they've gone in the wrong direction in that sense i haven't played it with the new actor to be fair i played miles morales so i saw him around in miles morales but i haven't gone back to spider-man yeah. remastered and seen those changes the the trailer that i just played i i hadn't watched that of my own accord because um it's one of these games where I'm going to get Spider-Man. Why would I need to see the story? Now, I'm glad to see they didn't Same. give too much away of the story just there, but I don't, I don't need story trailers for cinematic games that I am going to play and see the story. I don't need to watch a trailer for a movie that I'm going to go and watch because all they do is take away from what you're going to experience when you actually play it. And if you're really mm, unlucky, then they true. go like um, Final Fantasy Rebirth and give you like real critical story beats in there. And it's like, well, oh, <laughs> Asa, did you feel so, like that 18-minute demo a couple months ago was showed us too much of the game the the 18 Not minute like really. long demo where i felt um, like like why are they showing us like one of the biggest set pieces in the game like i wanted to i'm gonna buy spider-man and spider-man 2 and like i wanted i wanted to like start that mission and then it happens and i'm when i get to that point i'm like yeah i already watched this like nine times i already played this triangle triangle square <laughs> triangle, <Just> triangle. <laughs> i'm gonna be like, such a troll it always drives me crazy when those when those movie trailers are like nine minutes long and they show you every beat in the movie i'm like what are you doing and i, hate I feel that like they, movie trailers. they just show too much movie. but then i say this while they showed us 45 minutes of starfield uh, of all the mechanics but um i just felt like for like asa said for cinematic they showed us a lot more than i would have rather gone like this and i do do this a lot when they show long gameplay sections i'll watch it for a minute and have them like okay i've seen enough i'm already buying the game they yeah. are so the I'm trailers that they are so as far as i can tell and i am only glancing at it Listen but they are to us bro there's a lot that they're keeping back as well i can tell you there's a yeah. lot that they're keeping back yeah. in terms of which characters and which oh, yeah. villains they are featuring there and which ones are actually key in the game so they are holding back a lot but i still don't need to see anything like What's up, Seth? Sounds like Ga Colt and Gaz are just trying to hate for the sake of hating. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Spider-Man. No, no I don't care. I don't care what game it is. I don't care what game it is. When they show a long gameplay segment, I always think, oh, I'm going to watch this. And I get like not even a minute in. I'm like, okay. And I just like close it. I'm like, that's enough. Uh, and watching gameplay can be boring as well for me. I'd rather just play it. And I'd rather experience that for the first time. And I do. I don't care who made the game. Doesn't matter. I'm just saying they sh they've shown a lot of Spider-Man, and I'm just like, all right, seen enough. You know, I'm not. So, and this is just to get me excited. That, that's just me, by the way, chat. You, you know my view. If you listen to it, I just thought 2018 was overrated as hell. Still need to play Miles Morales, but 2018, which I completed, I was just like, uh, um. You thought, so, so I thought Miles Morales is overrated. I loved 2018, well, and then when I played I Miles Morales, I'm like, me. I just did this without the electric shock. I just wanted to get over the traversal. It was just like everything was a little side missions crap. Main stories were crap. The stealth sections were crap. But I got some every of those pigeon boss battles were boring. It was just like, and I'm expecting more. I will play because uh, Venom. Venom is the main thing that seems to be everyone's testicles are tingling. Luke. Speaking of testicles, talk to us about yours. Uh, oh, in specifically as Large. far as Spider-Man Two is concerned. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking about Spider-Man? Because obviously, I'm just a hater. I'm admitting yeah. it. I just not. If it's Wolverine, I'd love it. I, I I really want Wolverine to be good. I'm not just saying that. Genuinely want it to be good. I really yeah. love having read the comic. 
just the X-Men comic, it's not going to be the same, but I really want that to be good. This game doesn't get me wet or hard. I don't know how it works. You tell me. What what does it do to you? Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would not use the, the adjectives that... that that you've used but, uh, um it looked like i was a, like, a well as you can see i'm a very big pop culture comic you know tie in anything fan uh, i loved um 2018 spider-man i really loved miles morales as well so i'm really looking forward to it um i thought the trailer you know i agree with the sentiment around just story trailers in general for things that are very narratively led uh, i tend to just if there are tri like I think there's a way to do them where you don't saturate it too much. So I'll give you an example. Final Fantasy 16 had so many story trailers before it released that it felt like they were just kind of piecemealing you the story through the trailers. Now, luckily, yeah. they actually kept an enormous amount back. So it was actually good to get into the game and be like, actually, they didn't show very much in the trailers. And I think that's the best way to do it if you're going to do that. The best way, really, is to hopefully this is the only story trailer they will do for spider-man 2 because do it doesn't one. show much no i know they'll probably do another um but it doesn't show much it shows enough right for you to be interested in the story it's you know it's never intended to be a gameplay demonstration um mm. it's trying to set up kind of broad narrative beats but again i think as ace said like it's not they're kind of holding a lot back about how they're framing villains and where it's going to go so um i won't be watching any more trailers um i don't mind watching gameplay um but uh yeah no more story stuff for me uh but but this trailer i thought looks great i thought it looks really really nice but mm. um venom looked awesome uh and uh yeah like i mean the the only thing i will agree with actually is that i still have a really hard time accepting the face model for peter everybody else is fine but the the change to uh, Peter's um, face model is is quite distressing still. It just doesn't <laughs> like. It's just really like having invested so much time into 2018. It, it's try, really difficult. Didn't they try to get halfway between Tom Holland and and it's when I first saw it, I thought it's a it's halfway between Tom Holland and um and Tobey Maguire. Like that was my first yeah. response. Like they're trying to tie it into the tom holland more than anything but um it's definitely so the reason that they gave was that the um the model that they were using wasn't as well suited to the new technology that they were using for motion capture like there's something wrong with right. the bones in his face and they can't use them anymore which was like no you just want him to look more like film spider-man we can all see it it's such a shame because <laughs> yeah. you guys hear tom holland's gonna play kratos in the god of war movie that's gonna of be pretty course. cool <laughs> what oh mm. you're joking i was gonna be like what yeah. It's like for me, the Spider-Man thing is the same though because the Dune fact that he was like well. a different age to the usual Spider-Man comics, and they told a unique story that for me, the Spider-Man 2018 game, I, I call it the best Spider-Man movie because, like, the, yes, the side quests are bad, but as a movie, it was just like, um, like the, the Spider-Man story that they told in the Ooh. setting they had for it was offbeat enough from the comics and the films. Oh, I've got one missing. Um, We've got yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. That for me, it was just like it was brilliant, and I really, really enjoyed it. So it's a shame that they put that face back. I haven't gone through 2018. I'm probably going to have to go through it just to get accustomed to the new, younger cast of characters and just reframe it for myself. But mm, yeah, no, 
I just didn't find the, for me, chat, like the open world model of this game and the, the 2018 just left a sour taste in my mouth, whereas Ghost of Tsushima, what I just played before that, was so much Oh, I'm going to clarify so on, on Gaz's site. So um, people are saying that like you're just you're an expert hating on Spider-Man, whatever. Um, I promise Gaz is sincere. I, I belittled him for years for not playing Spider-Man, like literally about four years after mm -hmm. it came out, telling him I, I adored that game and Gaz needs to go and play it. The thing, right, one of the things that works against it, I, I think, from, from your perception, is that you did play Ghost of Tsushima before and other games that have yeah. since refined the combat and just sped it up a little bit. If you go back and play 2018 yeah. now, after Ghost of Tsushima and after Mars Morales, it does feel slower than it used to. So um, he's not lying. He genuinely doesn't have the enthusiasm for Spider-Man that I have, but I do have it, so we're still I mean, on that, that Spider-Man combat is <laughs> a... Uh, I don't know. Most people prefer the combat in Arkham because you don't block, you only dodge out of the way, which is cool because he's really fast. And Spider-Man 2018 was in my top three games. I played the, that entire year um, with Red Dead 2 and Forza Horizon 4 and Spider-Man. Those were amazing games. I love them. Um, but my feeling is uh, I don't feel the same way as Luke. Like when once I got to Miles Morales, I was like, oh, I feel like I just did this because it was two years later. And now they're ready to put out a third game in five years. I thought, man, am I going to be as excited as I as I once was? And Spider-Man was one of the games that got me to buy a PS4. I got one right at the beginning of 2018. Um, so that's just kind of how I feel. Like Gaz gets all the hate right now, but he knows. We talked about it. I, I am it. not super okay. excited about Spider-Man. And unfortunately, it comes out two to three weeks after Starfield, there's no way I'm buying Spider-Man 2 at launch. I've yeah, got a PS5. Spider-Man 2 is going to have to wait. And I told Gaz yesterday, I'm like, I'll probably end up getting it when it's 50 bucks because I'm going to be playing Starfield for a while. Forza Motorsports coming out that year yeah, um, or so the next month after that. So yeah, it's, um, we've been really spoiled with games and this year, yeah, you don't, Matt. you don't pick and choose just because of plastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, uh, well, I don't. But like, ultimately, like, irrespective of my trolling, if if I liked the game, I would say it. I said it with Ghost of Shima. It deserves to be like game of the year material. Should have won it. It's so good. Um, you know, loads of times I'm not going to justify it. Just just bring it with a three dollar super chat. Thank you, Australia. He goes. Miles was four hours long with unskippable cutscenes. Of course, it's a PlayStation game. <laughs> uh, face 23 for after it's counted everything I've just said uh, with a $2 super check. It's Colt, Digital Foundry confirmed. Venom has ray traced reflections. Is Venom even shiny? Why does he need ray traced reflections? He's matte, he's matte black, is what, what we call it in the car industry. And uh, so he's, he's semi shiny. And, you know, he should have ray tracing because it's a PS4 game. Next question. Oh, oh, I'm so... just kidding. I'm just no, kidding. No but it was... When he says that, he means it. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly Headley for me, remember, for 12 months, for a year. Thanks. Shout out to you, man. Shout out to Deadly Headley as well. By the way, he's just starting to find his feet in the YouTube space and he's doing better job than most content creators already. Well done. What's he, what's he doing? Is he trying? 
That's yeah, I've been seeing exactly. Deadly Headley a, a lot lately, and he's been in my comment section. And shout out to him. But we're just kidding. Yeah, when we say that. Nice guy, so, and he did, did a really good video uh, on the uh, the ABK stuff. Uh, Spider-Man yeah. will be good, he says. I love the first one, but I can't see the ambition we should be expecting. Starfield scope will set the bar for this gen. Gen, I don't know, but in terms of AAA space, don't see many games that have a massive scope. But to me, Spider-Man and Starfield, like. I'm not massive like Bethesda guy. I'm just getting to uh, try. Oh, I need to get back to Fallout 4. Uh, but Starfield, it, it, ponies, you would take, I know you want to admit it, but you would take Starfield over Spider-Man any day. And if you say, clip it, whatever, you're just lying. No matter what you say, you're just fooling yourself. There is now. nothing, there is nothing like going out in these on these planets exploring building your character just going massive no epic God. side quests like there's <laughs> there's nothing like it but yeah, hey third spider-man game where you know you've got that same ps4 era model it's gonna be great and oh, who was it like the it's like colt seeding on the inside <clears throat> uh, why? Why? why why on what basis why <laughs> why anyway Anyway, it's nice to see. I, see. I miss this. I love it. <laughs> we did that in unison. Diablo 4. Controversies galore. Seems like something went wrong. Acer, can you introduce? I don't know what no. happened. Some season pass came out and the game was shit now. No, so I can't very easily lose this because I don't play Diablo 4 very much. But the big thing that's pissed a lot of people off is the Diablo 4 patch that coincided with the Season 1 launch and the Battle Pass and all the rest of it pretty much nerfed every single class, um, as in numbers wow. reduction on some of their abilities and things like that. So it made them all feel a little bit weaker, which is a weird thing in general. I've played a bit of Diablo 4 and I found it to be thoroughly piss easy. Like, I wasn't dying when I was barely looking at the screen just talking to people streaming. So... The upset around <laughs> it being a little bit more difficult now is slightly hard to fathom, but Blizzard made a critical error that they should have been very comfortable with. So Blizzard have been running service games and World of Warcraft for a very, very long time, and they are fully aware that if you make somebody's numbers a little bit lower, then you upset those people. So they took a weird approach. They made everyone's numbers lower. They upset a lot of people. I don't know realistically if the game is any better or worse for it because I'm not playing it right now. But yeah, there's a lot of a lot of backlash. There's a lot of um, the user reviews on Metacritic now are like two point something because people got really pissy. But there are still like queues to log on and play the game. And there are still people throwing money at the battle pass. So if we have any Diablo 4 players, I don't know if anyone on the panel is like currently grinding through Diablo 4. If we've got any people in chat, you tell me, is it a disastrous patch? Um, and Gaz, because I, don't know I also saw to throw over yeah, there. So, I saw some <laughs> clips of people buying through the Battle Pass levels. You could buy it. And they did it in such a way that you could actually mistakenly buy it just by accessing the menu. Purposely designed. Because you'd be yeah. asleep. Very definitely yeah. designed that way. Very easy to click the yeah. buy button, especially if you bought the, one of the editions that included a, a re, like redeem the Battle Pass thing. Very easy to click that. Um, it has a Battle Pass where you can pay per level. So it's like, I don't know, two dollars or a certain amount of the in-game currency to buy each level to accelerate if you're impatient or if you're seeing the battle pass closing in the future this is every battle pass in every game around um but it's nice <laughs> to see people pushing back a little bit because diablo 4 did cost 70 dollars a few weeks ago so yes let's yeah. push, push back on monetization yeah. a little bit i'm i'm all for that <laughs> yeah well you say that diablo has made activision more money than it has ever made apparently 
ever. Well, so, uh, where was this? Oh, I freaking should have pasted this article. But Activision are making record profits as a result, like of Diablo combined with some other stuff, the WoW stuff. It's insane. Um, Luke, do you play Diablo? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm in the the end game for it, uh, and I'm one of the uh, one of the fools that bought the uh, the ultimate edition. So I've got the I haven't actually played uh, it yet, but I've got I've got the battle pass and the the, the premium one and the twenty level skip, um, but I haven't activated it yet. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I love it. It's one of my favorite games that's released this year. But I'm a big Diablo fan. But I think the one thing that's really weird uh, and is becoming a little bit frustrating with the game is that well, well, there's two things actually. The first one is that the game uses level scaling, uh, which uh, some people would disagree. Like, there's kind of a debate, a fairly healthy debate about this, which is that no matter where you go in the game enemies always scale to your level and part of diablo in the past was always about the fantasy of becoming more and more powerful to the point where you would just destroy enemies yeah. you know and you would you would go through mobs easily um and you kind of lose some of that when when there's the level scaling so i don't like that and then the other thing is that for a for a non for a game that isn't pvp focused i don't I fundamentally do not understand why blizzard feel the need to try and balance classes it is not a PvP game. There is a right. PvP element, but mm -hmm. you could you could separately balance that, right, in the areas that you need to. I don't I just do not understand why they go in and go, actually, you know what, we need to reduce a sorcerer here or a necromancer there, we need to buff them. I don't get it. Just make every every class strong. Yeah. And then if there's like some real outcry that look, actually this this class is compared to this other class is not good, then buff the class. Um, but I, I just I don't I don't get why Blizzard keep doing this, and um, I, I really really don't like that uh, because you yeah. know it's not it's not Overwatch, right? It's not a PvP game. So yeah. why do you feel the need to balance stuff? Yeah, no, uh, that's that's a great point. Actually, I played Diablo three late just a few months ago for the first time and the big thing the draw was my character with a necromancer with the corpse explosions felt so overpowered yeah. i just enjoyed just mowing through things it's actually with the big reason why i actually enjoyed prototype uh too because i just felt like i have every time i have said this to cole i'm so power overpowered no the game's giving me more powers i'm ridiculous i more more okay like you think guys you just like your game in easy mode but for some reason it retained the fun factor and diablo was like that so that's a good point about yeah. level scaling i have not heard that point before it's um, a good point so about diablo balance as well which is uh, which i echoed um i was saying that on thursday as well because it's an opportunity in world of warcraft which is I, I mentioned that not because we were talking about it but because it's another blizzard game where balance has been an ongoing sucker of fun for many years in world of warcraft they balance all of the classes against each other so that they can all do the same damage output in all scenarios and all the rest of it as well as balancing for player versus player because in that game it matters a lot and diablo is an opportunity to say actually let's put loads of abilities and things in that, that make it really fun to play and not worry so much about like chopping the legs off of anything fun they don't need to hack away at it and say, well, that's an outlier. You're doing, you're, you're having too much fun with that ability and it's working too well. So let's just uh, mush it down and make sure you do the same damage as those other players. It's unnecessary for Diablo. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, yeah they'll refocus and yeah. make things fun did, did, rather than make things fair. <laughs> 
they did it yeah. for the beta when people, uh, you know, people were picking Necromancer and then picking Corpse Explosion. It was just way overpowered. Like, it was so much fun, like, because you would just blitz through enemies with Corpse Explosion. And then they were like, ah, no, 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 you can't be doing that. That's You're having too much fun with that. So we're going to just pair that back for the final release. And it's still quite good now, but they're like, we don't we don't want you blitzing through enemies. Why? I don't, I don't get it. Like, if people are engaged in your game and having fun, they'll remain yeah. in your game and keep having fun and probably spend money. So I doubt the PvP population in Diablo 4 is so big that it has an actual fundamental impact on the way that that game generates revenue. It's just... It's bollocks. Like, it's just... It's, just, <laughs> it just, it's not true. So, yeah, I just don't understand it at all. Yeah. I feel like um, they're getting a lot of pushback on that. Typically, though, any anyone um, diluting the importance of PvP would drive me up the wall. But this is Diablo. I have no knowledge. <laughs> so this is like the WoW yeah, yeah. equivalent. For instance, World of Warcraft, I loved World PvP, and then they completely diluted the shit out of it. And I felt like one of the lone, like little trolls who felt sad that I couldn't kill quest givers with complete immunity. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, with Diablo, even I, as a newbie on into that, I don't see anyone talk about or the PVP element of that game. I almost yeah. forget that it even exists there yeah. for that part. Speaking of PVP, Exo Primal, which is also a PVE slash PVP game, has come out. It's on Game Pass. I don't know what the Metacritic scores is. I don't think it's scored that well. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a Capcom game, uh, so which ha they have been doing really well so far. Um, I'm just checking it now. Extra Primal 68. 60 something on PlayStation uh, and PC and 70 something on Xbox, I think. Yikes. Yeah. Game I saw some noise about PlayStation guys saying, why is there higher on place, uh, Xbox? Well, welcome to the Xbox quandary of why a lot of multiplats are lower on Xbox for some reason and higher on PlayStation. But either way, talking back about the game, I'm really enjoying it. Like I was playing it. I don't know if it'll have long legs, uh, is what I tweeted, but I felt like the game does a very good job of not overcomplicating things, has diverse set of classes, and just the core gameplay loop is really fun. Um, we were playing this together, weren't we, Cole? And mm -hmm. one of the things you said was, I wish there weren't dinosaurs, I wish there were aliens. And I feel like... Yeah, the dinosaurs is hokey, really hokey. Yeah. It's like, oh, Pachyosaurus and Dilopidopidoglon and uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It, but that's, that kind of goes to, that goes to why there's certain styles of games that I just don't like. And this sort of does that sort of that styling that I don't like where they take a future where there's a bunch of dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, they're the they're the regular dinosaur names, but we were just making fun of them when they would call them. Just sounds super nerdy when they would call them down and and call them by their names. Because I would say, "Oh, it's the dome-headed one. Let's go get it." You know. Like <laughs> I mean, the dinosaur element is quite you know interesting. Anyway, I think maybe Capcom testing the waters to see people care about dinosaurs and Dino Crisis is regularly conversation about being brought some kind of maybe there's some connection there. But <clears throat> I I just found the game to be fun. I think it's really stuck. Yeah, what is that it. ability? Um, yeah, so I'm just in, I'm very new to it and I'm enjoying it. I think it's actually pretty decent. Um, I think you need to try it 
if you're on it's on Game Pass, so like you definitely it, it may be worth your while to try. I think this is a very polished. This is better than what's this? That what's that shit game that Ninja Theory made? Bleeding Edge. Mm-hmm. It's not even the same type of game, but okay. yeah, I know. But that was an attempt at multiplayer, like almost like PvP. Well, that was PvP mode. But that this is way better than that. If you give you an idea, if you were hyped about a first party game, that's not first party. It's Capcom. Play the game and see what, what you think about it. Soon. Yeah, <laughs> don't say that. Um, but hey. I do, but um, <laughs> we're talking. The FTC would really have fun there. Uh, but yeah, I I, I found it fun. I, I'm melee class. I think this is like a good game. Um, I feel like um, in terms of modes, is a little bit scarce. Um, I wanted more of a PV. The PVP focus for me was the strong suit uh, of the game. <laughs> What I wanted was this to be a world like uh, some who was this in uh, in the chat says uh, Spriggan says sorry but X Primal looks like Anthem without the few good bits it had like I thought it would have been cool to not have like these little small maps that you go through but we were having a good time with it and I'm like I know this game is getting bad reviews and I can see why but you and I were just I was just kicking back on the couch and we were playing and having some laughs and checking out the characters and. I don't know. Cool. I think it's a fun game. Um, I'm not saying the the review scores are wrong or anything. I think just generally be, look beyond the score. It's actually a fun game where there is enough distinct enough to actually, you know, stand on its own after a, a first two weeks. I don't know, but I think there is enough there, enough potential for this to really be, you know, like become something special actually. And I feel like. I would be a bit disappointed if Capcom gave up on it. This whole model, this kind of multiplayer game, it's facing stiff competition. It has very, like, like yeah, well, it's so saturated, the multiplayer market like this, sort of gas game. Um, but, you know, I really like it. I, the one thing I really like about this game is that bit where you're, you're competing with another team. Um, you can't see, like, simultaneously, they're doing the same thing. They're trying to, every round, and you just like after you you you're really like trying hard to win, kill all the dinosaurs as fast as you can, and then you're listening out, you're hearing out, you're progr- you're killing enemies faster than the enemy team, or you're progressing slower. And you just look listening out to the faster and slower, like oh man, what really? And that was like the whole thing. Like I thought we did well there, and then me and Cole, I was like, all right, let's just switch classes because we haven't got enough tanks or whatever, and. As we dynamically changed our classes, because both of us were melee classes, it helped. Like that kind of like strategy helped. That teamwork. I haven't played much PvP, so it was nice to play that. Um, but yeah. you know, you might try it if you're on Game Pass. Try it. Um, I wouldn't play full price for it if you're on PlayStation. Um, I don't know what the price is there. Is it out on PlayStation? It is out on PlayStation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's a multiplayer, and the game looks cool. Like it has nice looks and the. Controls are great. Like the, all of the combat feels right. Um, maybe the, I didn't even watch reviews. Maybe it just, like you said, like you'll play it for a week and then you're like, I'm done. And we played maybe. for, we did like eight matches and I was like, I'm kind of done. And if you hit me up in a couple of days, and say you want to play Exoprimal again, I might be like, Mm, okay instead of like heck yeah bro <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is not, just, that's not the game yeah that would invoke that feeling i just kind of want yeah you definitely like an itch 
and I c- couldn't put it down before the show because I was preparing the source video. I was just like, oh, one more game, one more game. And the fact that it made me think like that, that was that was really good. Uh, that's For those good wondering why we didn't sign. start on time. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe. Yes. That's the Primus fault. Sorry. Um, hey, Chris Hart's here. Played... Say hi to him. Gas. Christopher Hart. Oh, mother f- Anyway, <laughs> Luke, have you played Exo Primal? Uh, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, prob- I probably won't, to be honest. Um, I, I don't Fair think enough. it looks terrible or anything like that. I just, uh, I'm not a huge multiplayer fan in the first place. It has to be something that really grips me, mm-hmm. and the the whole PvPve kind of being the main thing in that game. It's just. Yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, it, yeah. And it just makes me want Dino Crisis. That's what I want. You know, so, and it's not, it's not, it's not maybe, that. So. Maybe the strategy's working. That's exactly what they wanted you to feel. Yeah, Isa, you yeah. haven't played this. I played the beta, which I think was pretty representative of the game when that came out. Um, and I only played like one or two games of it, and that was probably enough. I am going to download it. I've got it downloaded, actually. I am going to play it tomorrow. I'm going to stream it tomorrow and invite some people to 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 blast through it i don't think it's gonna have much staying power um has it got more modes yet nah it's quite scarce on the modes man i think they're all See, i didn't like the racing element the bit that you were talking about where you're there's another team going but you're completely independent of each other and you've got got an announcer saying you're behind or you're ahead it all felt a little bit messy it's quite impressive to watch it all going off the dinosaurs everywhere and the explosions everywhere there's a, a lot happening and the race meant very little and then you get into a pvp area and the game that i was playing in the beta i don't know if this is still the case or not or if they've tidied it up a bit but we were absolutely smashing the other team absolutely smashing the other team we got through the racy bit into the other section where it's um like collect all the batteries or whatever it was they were dropping and we were winning quite comfortably and then someone on the other team rage quit and it put a bot in our game and the bot was fucking immense and single-handedly turned the game around like none of us could touch this tank bot <laughs> and we lost and it was nothing to do with the other players so you i don't know if that's good. still a thing or not but it was like oh. <laughs> uh, well funnily enough i haven't actually encountered that pick that up uh bot of the last last round most of has been escort maybe it's like they'll cycle in it's funny, I actually played Halo back again like, after a while. Everyone's like, you play, it's incredible. Like, it's fun. Like, it's Halo Infinite. But the same problems with the players not moving in your team, like for you playing four player, four and four, whatever, skirmish, and you uh, you die, you watch your spectate your mate, he's not doing anything for ages, like, you prick, and then he gets replaced by a bot, which is so shit. And it gives them more kills, just makes it easier for them. It's just like, ah... But Halo Infinite is still the some of the maps are good. It's like it's there, so I'm, I might feed myself back in. But it put me again to 158 MS game because region filters because Halo. Um, but yeah, sorry, I don't know. I just had a snuck in a Halo rant in there somehow talking about Exo Primal. But I've been playing a little bit of multiplayer. Let's taste of it. Yeah, I, I need my fix. Um, but moving from Exo Primal. PlayStation 5 Pro, where does that leave the Xbox Series X? We are hearing uh, more and more about uh, the PlayStation 5 Pro from Tom Henderson, Ace's best friend. Um, he, um, shout out, Tom. He's been right. He's been right about Project Q, which we'll talk about. It looks like ass, but we've got the PlayStation 5 Pro 
which will probably set a light of fire up Xbox's ass and the community. It's cold name. Shut the f Okay, Colt, it will. Codename Project what? Trinity. Uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, no, what the f what do you mean? Okay, I, I will rebuke you for your dismissal of this pro model, but let me tell you why. First of all, before I do that, it's been in development since early last year. Dev kits go out in November. Well, the flip, there's 30 WGP and 118,000 mits of memory mean. Something accelerated ray tracing. And it's, it's got targeting. blast processing. Blast processor? Are you talking yeah. shit on you? Shut the <laughs> And it's got targeting in November 2024 releases. That's what the, uh, the Sega, Sega Genesis had. So <laughs> come on now. Um, so we've got that. And thank you, Face, for your super chat. Uh, Face, do you want to tag me or something? Um, but Face has a $20 super chat just for you, Colt. I'm going to play some music as I read this out. Colt Eastwood, all that talk about power about Series X is going to curb stop PlayStation 5, which really didn't happen because PlayStation 5 Pro Codename Trinity, which is all but confirmed, is coming next year. Another black eye for Xbox, if no Xbox Pro release. I agree with face. I agree with face. Xbox community. Let me do a poll. He's right, bro. It is a black eye in the face of Xbox, which has been getting black eyes on this power narrative. If a mid-gen console comes out, gamers, console gamers, you peasants, me peasants, but you've just tasted 60 frames. Now you demand it like it's like it's amazing. Uh, to me, it's still amazing. I was on PC last gen. I love love to see your. It's fine. Everyone can have a late realization. It's fine. But now, I would say Colt Eastwood, a mid gen console is much more important than last gen because that was all about 4K resolution bullshit. Now people mm. have tasted X60 yeah. FPS. Now we have good CPUs. Yeah. So we, I will buy a ps5 pro like that and i would buy a series z or whatever mid-gen like that if it came out and i know you would and i know you know it's an l and say face 23 brooklyn new york you're right say it say it as i do a poll i already told you they're not going to make a mid-gen console xbox Ooh. looks at the series xbox. s as the base console and the series That's x disgusting. is the preemptive mid-gen console That's and disgusting. it's proof that they don't care about the console customers and their console market they're not pushing it wow. they're pushing their games to everybody that's in their ecosystem as long as we can sell you the game that's all that matters and i don't think they're going to respond with this with a series x2 i don't think they're going to now well, when L. you said at, you said at the beginning when you said that this will push xbox to do something maybe it'll get them to start talking about what are we going to do can we take next generation and bring it closer and make a new console, but that's not how they do things. They prepared the Xbox One X at the beginning of the launch of the Xbox One. They knew they were going to do that. They're not going to make a, a quick turnaround and say, let's make a new console to hold us over because uh, the 20 some million people aren't happy with their console. I don't think they're going to do it. And I, and I would buy one in a second. 
I would buy a new Xbox in a second because I like having new hot tech. And um, first of all, we haven't even seen what these consoles can do yet because they're not even fully utilizing them. We're Mm -hmm. just now finally getting real, actual next-generation games. And now we're talking about bringing in a PS5 Pro. And it's because ray tracing is so few and far between, and it's too demanding on consumer-based hardware like a console or middleware GPUs and PCs. It's just not happening. But I don't even even care about ray tracing. I don't even care about it anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the promises not being delivered. It hasn't been delivered I mean, all the way through. More than Xbox needs to deliver more than anyone. But Phil Spencer did say we don't want to be out of position ever again on power and price. Does that statement hold true now? Because their their power narrative is shit. They've lost to me Series X so far until well, whatever. Yep. But the yep. Pro comes out, it's done. And. And if you've been watching my podcast for the past two years or watching my videos, I've talked about how they haven't delivered that power on Xbox. I've, I made a big rant video that I gave to head people at Xbox and some of them watched it where I said, you have to deliver what you promised with the Xbox series X console. And you're not doing that hoggy. Was that, that, you know, when you were guys at, it's the game fest and Hoggy is chewing out Jason Ronald. It's like, well, what is that? And, and yeah, yeah, he was. And you know, um, we asked Jason like, what? Hargy asked him this question, and it was so out of line. I thought, but we were having a casual <laughs> conversation. He said, "Why don't you guys just make a thousand dollar console and make it so powerful, and the enthusiasts can buy it?" And there was twenty That's of us at the table, question. and he goes, "Jason goes." All right, let's do this. Let me ask you guys a question. Because I, I interrupted Hargy and I said, Jason, does anybody really want that? And he goes, let me let me ask you a question, Colt. He goes, all you hear around the table, which one of you would buy a $1,000 console if it was on the market? And we raise our hands. He looks around and he goes, yeah, about half of you. And you guys are all like the most hardcore, came to FanFest, want to be at the showcase, and only half of you raised your hand that you want a super powerful console. Who are the other now, 50% was... who didn't raise their hands? I want to fist them and name them. Name them right now. You I know you know who they you, are. Tell you want to what? Because I can, just I tell can start me who sending they DMs are. out for you. Who, who, who yeah. are just tell us right now, who didn't raise their hands? Was it Risk It For The Biscuit? Because I need an excuse to punch that guy. It was him. Risk it if it okay, was you. So, so <laughs> who was it? If if they if they made a new Xbox Series X two, which would be the the mid gen console, it would be six hundred dollars. It would it would it, it would not be five hundred. It'd be six hundred, and I would buy it day one because I would like more performance. And um, yeah. I don't know. It's I even I even did a poll today. Let me let me look at the poll really quick. It's right here. It is literally right here. I said, would you upgrade to an Xbox Series X2? Keeping in mind that your Xbox Series X has a $350 trading value right now. 62% said yes. The rest said no. And even people in your chat are saying right now on their on your poll, where is it? They're half and half. If PS5 Pro releases, you you said, does Xbox need to release something? You're basically saying, does Xbox need to release an upgraded console to compete with the PS5 Pro? And half of your audience is like, nope, 
No, they don't need to do anything. Do you know why? It's because they be defensive because they don't want to look like PlayStation is getting a win. That's why you, most of you, I don't believe you. You want it. You want it bad, and you know the, the Xbox the thing that you don't. You won't want to give it an out. The thing that you're not thinking about is Xbox like, fans are oh, uh, so slow. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> even uh, so it's more like Bobcat Goldway. So. Not every Xbox fan is just on an Xbox console. Like they're thinking, why would I? I got a lot of comments today on my tweet and other ones where they said, why would I buy a new Xbox? I'll just upgrade my PC because a lot of Xbox fans don't just play on one piece of plastic. They play wherever the freak they want. But that's why I make fun of the PlayStation only fans, because you've heard them, Gaz. You've heard them. They are they all they talk about is the PlayStation Five, all about PlayStation Five. No, they, they talk about Xbox. That's all they talk about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all they talk. But I don't care. I, but Xbox needs to. They need to have a hyper focus on the console market. It is where the name yes. Xbox comes from. And I've that's told I them. Saying. I said you need to be aggressive and push hard and market the console and do all these things just for the console, not the games. I don't care about the exclusive games. They can be ranting, on PC. I do not care. Ranting Greek gamer is right. Um, he goes, wait until the PlayStation 5 Pro comes out and you will see the Xbox fans wanting a mid-gen upgrade badly. Yep. And I agree. Yep. Huggy Chani, thank you for the five dollar super chat. He was there like a sentinel. Uh, he goes, power narrative has never worked. The Nintendo sixty four lost, GameCube Xbox lost, Xbox One X did nothing for the Xbox. We're day and day on PC. Don't care. You, general players can get a Series S. Some can get a Series X. Get PC for power. Ooh, this is horrible. That's the truth news. that I hate. That's the that's the voice of a defeated man, Huggy. Because you would have not it. grilled Jason had it not mattered. But you're that's looking at it backwards, guys. You're looking at it backwards because you're thinking in the old mentality of the early 2000s where when you picked a platform, you only had that one piece of plastic and you wanted everything for that. That world is gone. Yeah. And, and I don't like all of that, it's but like Huggy's right when he says – we're What's closer that, to that world now than we were in 2000. In 2000, yeah, the, the catalogs are. and the consoles and the hardware were very much more different. Now we're, we're just like policy away from not needing to buy them all. Mm. Yep. Okay. Well, when that feature comes, kill me. No, uh, whatever, <laughs> man. I just want Xbox... Like you said, I want the console to be the focus. If it obviously it's not moving the times, everything's out, so everything's there, platform agnostic and all that shit is just ugh. I I don't I don't know. I just don't. Are care. they doing that uh, with Starfield Gas? Are they are they giving us a great looking game, even though it's thirty frames? Like this is the first game that is actually a true next generation game, and not one based off of PS4 or Xbox One era design criteria this is a big game and <laughs> it has global illumination well it's got a sort of global illumination but it's got uh it's it got this naturalistic lighting that is working across the the engine because they said they couldn't bake it in like location by location exterior interior so mm. and and the game's the game is really uh it's big it's really big and really interactive hey so I what mean, do you think the, like, about the lighting model you think they're blowing smoke 
Um, no, they're mm -hmm. being very sincere, as we've seen from the performance that the consoles are, are putting out. It is very demanding. The the PlayStation 5 Pro, though, the whole topic that we're, we're going over at the moment, obviously it's going to be real. So like, Tom's sources are very good and very accurate, and he's leaked almost everything that PlayStation are doing very successfully. So it is a real thing. Um, you, you introduced him as my rival. I've had some conversations with Tom, and we're fine. I don't like the <laughs> leaking thing, and I never will. But no, he's not. He's not. He's not a dick or anything like that. We get along fine. Um, the PlayStation 5 Pro is real. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about it. And I said, I don't see, like, I'm even then, I said, I'm sure it's real, but I don't see how it fits into the market with the way that hardware pricing is at the moment and the power that AMD can de deliver. But the thing that we found out this week, as well as some of the specs, is that it's not due until November next year, which is quite a long way away, and which clarifies an awful lot about how this is going to play out in terms of pricing and viability of the thing. I disagree with Carl. Yes, Tom, we get along fantastically well. Um, I disagree with Carl about chat? Xbox not responding. Yeah, he's just he just <laughs> appeared as a as a. You really think um, they're going to make a mid-gen console, Asa? I think that Xbox have had one in the works the whole time. I think their original plan before COVID and before hardware shortages and all of those kind of things was to have yes, not necessarily thing. just one console. I could very well see a new iteration of the Series S as well. I they, don't think they intended they for it to be. They said they were already working on next generation in the 2021, uh, I think it was 2021, uh, Gosh, I forgot what it was called. It was a it was a set of video interviews with with Sarah Bond and and Phil and uh, Matt Booty, and I wasn't allowed to show the videos. I had to report on what they said. Um, I couldn't even use the audio, but yeah, Phil said they were already working on the next consoles. But he um, he said next generation, I think. But, but the naming convention suggests everything is going to be. There's this no is why it's like it's semantics it's though, because mid-gen isn't a concept. Generations aren't a concept at Microsoft anymore. They don't need to be. They've put a lot of effort into making it such that they yep. can smoothly transition to new consoles, still support the old ones, still support the new ones. Everything's forwards and backwards compatible. And I really, I assumed that they would be more likely to, to kind of go first before PlayStation in terms of their long-term planning. Um, to go I first? Thought, well, they're not going to at this point. I, I think it'll yeah. either be 2024 at the end, like PlayStation R, or it'll be the following year. But I do expect that they are working on something and they're not going to park it when there is a PlayStation 5 Pro coming along with the specs that Tom's leaked. So, uh, Tom, Xbox oh. Series X and S is the mid-gen upgrade. Kind of, no, yes and no. There's a quote from Digital Foundry fairly recently where Microsoft positioned it as, like, look at it this way, we're already doing a, a low spec and a high spec, and that is true, but it doesn't exclude them from from a nice smooth generational shift or half shift a few years down the line i really think they've well, got something in their pocket that they can release if they see a competitive need to in a market for it yes that's the answer i wanted Cody. I, and i like i like to hear that that's what that's the answer <laughs> i want to hear i don't want to sit here and say they're not going to answer with more power on a new console i don't want to say that but um Phil had already said that he thinks that consoles should be more like phones where every two to four years yeah. you upgrade. And don't you dare bleep me for that because I'm, you I'm know you, you would upgrade. You know you'd upgrade. If they said if they said in one year from now, if let's say 12 months from now at E3, they say we're you know, working on the next console and it's Xbox Series X2 and S2. I would trade in my Series oh, X for man. 350 bucks and I would pay the extra 200 or whatever. Yeah. Or the extra, and I would uh, this that fast, that yeah. fast. Now, yeah, would I do it with PlayStation? My PlayStation Five games look so good right now, 
And I rarely, I only play like those games on there. So I don't, you said you'd buy the PS5 Pro immediately. I'd wait. I'd wait. But I play <laughs> everything yeah. else on, on Xbox or PC. Yeah, that's true. Um, Luke, sorry, I'm just mindful of that before I read the Super Chat. Do you give a shit? Um, uh, yes and no. Uh, I guess I'm a predominant PC player, so to, to all intents and purposes, no. I think, um, like, personally, I would be more interested in a PS5 Pro than a, a, a mid-gen Xbox iteration purely because... Um, oh, yeah, I play on PC. So Xbox games I can just access immediately and I don't really like waiting for PlayStation, you know, their exclusive games to, to come to PC like an indeterminate length of, of time down the line. I, that, that kind of frustrates me. Mm. Um, so that's the only one that I would be interested in. Um, although saying that, I'd probably get FOMO about, a, you know, a, a Series X mid-gen think and uh, be interested in it so, but on paper anyway that's that's how i feel so uh but yeah. yeah i think there's i think there's maybe a difference between wanting that um you know a mid-gen refresh for xbox and then to colt's point how realistic that is in terms of are microsoft actually going to push that or or do they want to do it um but uh, yeah yeah i think i think they need to do it i think they there's definitely utility in that. I think the generation has stalled out as a result of COVID as well. So this is going to be a long gen. Um, and even if you don't care about gens, Microsoft, like Acer, you suggested, then there definitely should be. If it comes a year care. later, like the C One X, it's not I know you don't, don't care. care. It's that they're very well. No, no, no. Like I'm not saying that Microsoft don't care about generations. I'm saying that they're very well, very specifically geared up to be able to smoothly release new consoles without disrupting their audience. Like it's. Long gone are the days oh. of like the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, where it's, a, it's an audience reset. It's not anymore. They can release new consoles and they can keep supporting yeah. things very smoothly. Would that not piss developers of Remake Station says, how can you want a refresh of people bitch about the Series S every month? Would that be another headache? Another SQ? Um, or is it part of their strategy? I mean, this is smooth things out, hyper accelerate, DirectX, whatever, the, the GDK familiarity. <laughs> Uh, it's it's minor, isn't it? On the Xbox side, they're like 100% committed to supporting PC anyway. So the range of hardware is huge, regardless of what they do in the console yep. space. Yeah. Mm, okay. The problem is, and Asa knows this more than I do, the, when they make the Xbox version, they have to make that bespoke version. Um, they only have to kind of hit a, a hardware target span for PC. Yeah. Um, and then when they make the Xbox version, they have to kind of lock down what they're going to do or what, kind of settings it will be at so that performance works across the entire game, regardless where you're at. Um, mm. I would assume, I don't know much about that, but I would assume a lot of what they do is they figure out what resolution per frame and the frame rate target and, and different things like what the level of settings for lighting and shadows and things like that, that they're going to do so that when they test it on the Xbox dev kit, that it runs the way they would expect. And then that's the version they have to make. And they don't, have to do that as much for a PC port, right, Asa? Sorry, I was distracted. I was Sorry, Sorry. It's, it's, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's because every PC guy can load up the game and they can have a crusty GPU or, or a, a not a crusty GPU, but they can have an old older graphics card that's just not as hot or as elite as the newer ones, but it's totally within minimum specs or recommended specs. And they can just like start moving sliders, but you just don't do that on console. 
you get what they chose and they take the time to make that specific bespoke version for Xbox. And with the Series S, we're hearing often that developers are spending way more time getting that version on Series S the way they want it to than spending more time than they would normally want to. Um, and for PlayStation, they don't have as much of that problem. And that's where you get all the gripes. And we're hearing it a lot. You're not Shut wrong. It's like it is a lot. Of, <laughs> stuff that they have to consider, but this is—it's a burden that Xbox have firmly taken on. They can't. They're not going to backtrack on it. They're going to keep supporting the range of consoles, the range of PCs. It's a small advantage for Sony to have such a small amount. Like they can, especially if they keep developing the games in the way that they are releasing for PlayStation, like two years before the PC. They can, in theory, really focus on the PlayStation Five hardware. In practice, that's probably still a bad decision on their part. They probably should still be developing with those future versions in mind, but. Yeah, it's is what it is. It's just how games are now. We're all used to it, right? Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not used to cold. So. Stop drinking that. <laughs> Stop drinking that. You've been drinking. You're not used to what? Huh? You're not I'm, used to what? He doesn't. I was saying I'm lost. not used to cold like face. The you know you do the little. <laughs> this <laughs> that little face. <laughs> Angry face. Yeah. Um, Stop drinking that green stuff. Um, no. <laughs> Game Shark for the five dollars super tag is only only going mid gen refresh because the current system catches on fire when it plays games at seven twenty p. Xbox doesn't need to do it. Uh, okay, <laughs> I like the source there. Uh, one, thank you with the DOP five hundred. I don't know what that is. Well, Dominican something. Both Xbox and PlayStation barely have a couple of next-gen-only games out. PlayStation is already talking about an upgrade. Sounds like this-gen PlayStation 5 was a glorified PS4. An upgrade this year early makes them look weak. Does it make them look weak? I don't know if it makes them look weak. I just feel it makes them look greedy, which is, we know, what Sony are. Lauren Olivia with a $5 super chat. Thank you. With no message. And another 333 super chat. Gaz, put up your fist in the cam. For science, fist. He's <laughs> tiny. Lauren, I'll, I'll send you some of his feet I have pics. Tiny I've got I have tiny from hands. Him. I have yeah. feet, tiny hands. Artist's hands. Artisan's hands. That's what I like to say. Okay, box. A small contact patch or her, uh, anyway. Digital, digital new <laughs> Cass, with five dollars. Just for clarity, you, you should be aware, so you should feel awkward. This is a conversation around your uh, threat to go fisting and your tiny hands and how damaging it would or wouldn't be. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I missed that. Uh, I missed that. <laughs> Context. Um, just to you, thank you for the $5 super chat. I felt incredibly burned by uh, the Xbox One X. I'll never fall for another mid-gen upgrade after that. And I blame Cole Eastwood for lying to me. About what? I made that up. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, somebody in the chat was like, uh, Colt made people waste waste all their money on Redfall. I'm like, it was on Game no, Pass. You got it cheap. You got it cheap. I thought you had Game Pass, you piece of lying fucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, I think that's a pony undercover. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't believe you're still getting the Redfall shit. Um, it's just ridiculous. I think a lot... I'll say it one more time because this has happened in... Um, on Rand's podcast, we were discussing it. Like loads of like Cog was saying it, you were there, and they were like, they, they literally took that vertical slice, showed you the best part of the game, played for yeah, an hour, yeah. and told you to piss off. 
And I just think that, yeah, they did. After an hour, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't like Cog said, like there were 50 or a hundred people that got to play the game across California and New York. And he said that all of them really liked Redfall and were really excited about it. And he's like, Colt, you weren't the only one that was excited about that vertical slice. And yeah, and you then, yeah we had a good conversation about it. I don't care. I mean, good. it's, it's Fuck cool. It. It's when people Who say cares? the no Redfall thing, Redfall. I can tell they don't listen. So it's yeah. fine. Nah, screw it. Screw it. It doesn't matter. Speaking of dog shit, Project Q uh, leaked show pics show that this thing is running on Android. I don't know what to talk about. It looks like ass is ass. Next topic. Mortal Kombat 1 trailer. That got released the Lee May, Tanya, and Baraka trailer. This game, man, we're so spoiled. We got Tekken's closed. Oh, I didn't get into it. The closed thing, um, beta thing. We got Mortal Kombat 1's trailer. It looks incredible. Um, a bit like mechanically fighting-wise, it's very similar to the last one, uh, 11. But it's just the story mode is exuding so much like character just telling you the story of the Tarkotans uh, is just so good. And even the season pass trailer came out. It's playing now thanks to Ace's magicness. Um, the season pass trailer, we, we won't play it, but it's basically got really cool characters as well. Like, I don't want to be excited for a season pass, but I will get the complete edition or whatever. Uh, it's not a season pass. I think it's a complete edition or whatever. Either way, it's the same shit. You get Homelander, and that which just appeared in Call of Duty, which is weird. You had Ermac. I think you had Ermac. You had Quan Chi, which is like a personal favorite. Um, you had that guy from Suicide Squad, who's John Cena. Oh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Yeah, I don't know much about him. Um, he was weird in the Suicide Squad movie. And there's another one that you had, I'm uh, Omni Man from Invincible. Omni Man. Yeah. yeah, Omni Man is amazing. Uh, is it the same voice actor? Has to be. I don't. I don't know. They haven't. They haven't said. Although the the certainly the the Omni Man look was very very similar yeah. to to the series, and as well the the Homelander uh, model r really did look like Anthony Starr from from the boys. So I don't know if they're gonna. I mean, if they, they did manage be. to get the actors, it would be really impressive. Yeah, it'd be wicked if they did. And we got uh, a trailer for Incredibles 2 that came out a few hours ago as well. Season 2 of that, if you haven't watched Incredibles... Not Incredibles? No, Invincible. What, what's it called? Incredibles <laughs> 2. movie, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Invincible, sorry. Yeah, yeah not yeah, Incredibles. Yeah. Uh, you always get that wrong. Invincible is amazing. If you haven't watched it, yeah, chat... Great. Yeah. It's so good. You might think, oh, it's just and a an invincible no, game, guys, revealed this week. Is it from Ubisoft for really? Android and iOS? Yeah. Oh God! Oh, God. On the on the PlayStation Q. <laughs> Project Ass. Um, oh, well, look, okay, that's just dead anyway. But um, Invincible too. Yeah, it looks. Oh look, Baraka's thing is here. It's so sick. A lot of people complaining about the way um, thingy Tanya looks, but Tanya was never like really a fully fleshed out character in the old games. I've kind of like a new design. Um, I find it's really cool. Um, oh, this game has incredible x-ray moves already. The fatality pulls out its thing from the skull from the freaking... It just, they make it look cool. 
I want to make a sick little trailer of it, of this, like my own, because Mortal Kombat has always oozed style. You know what? F look at this fatality. How did you come up with that? Use the intestine as a fuse. Drop little bicycle, kick his head up, and it explodes like it's freaking Diwali, the violent version. Oh, but Shang Tsung has a pre-order bonus as well. I can't wait for this. This is gonna be a great game. Like such a good year for fighting games. I haven't played Street Fighter Six after playing it for quite a lot uh, for a while because there's so many games to play. But this one, day one, getting all the complete edition, enjoying the story. Might even stream it. It's one of those where you can just sit back, everyone watches, and just enjoys the story. Uh, it's so so good. Um, game is paradise. Thank you with the two dollars super chat. The original PlayStation Five will be the new Xbox Series S. What does no what no. does that mean? Uh, people keep saying the, the base ps5 is going to hold back games it's like no nah, what no no no. Nah, no it's not um no. this week we found out xbox live gold has died has it died already and core has come out what the hell is core yeah uh, i just saw I, I didn't really follow it was that busy week yeah, um this. but yeah, so i don't know what it is um, Xbox Live Gold, basically. So they're retiring Xbox Live Gold and rolling it over to become a new kind of tier of Game Pass. Xbox, not Xbox, just Game Pass Core, which is essentially Xbox Live Gold. So you've got your multiplayer access that we all know and love to pay for. Um, and instead of getting the two games a month, you get access to a, a little mini collection, a Game Pass style collection. It's 25 games that they call high quality games. I don't think they've mentioned how often they're going to add to or rotate that little collection. But essentially, Xbox Live Gold is dying, but living on in spirit as game pass core so you're basically getting instead of two games you're getting the game pass games instead of two games a month which was essentially a no, negative shit. prb every month for microsoft mm -hmm. for the last time that they've not cared about it so instead of two games a month you're going to get set access to a, a catalog of initially 25 games so it's not good is, is it good is it bad go on Colt, you go yeah it's I'm just mad that Xbox should be getting rid of the multiplayer paywall full stop. I if they care about their yeah. their console audience, they they do not charge for online access for all of their customers except for their console customers. So it's another kick in the face to pay $60 a year to play online when they let everyone else on every other device who buys the same games and even subscribes to Game Pass PC like they can play those without paying for online access. Um, it's well, a will they crap. actually realistically do it? Because most people have actually will they get rid don't of it? care. But, but oh, they're, they're oh. happy paying for it now. Why? Why, Why do they happily pay for it? It's a well, one billion dollar a year so revenue that comes it. in for free that they just get to they exactly. they get to enjoy. Why yeah. would they get throw that away? I don't care about their wallet. I care about what they no, need to why? do for their customers. If customers aren't jumping up and down, I, I agree with you. I, I'm, I've said it before, and I'm fully agree with you. I don't think the paywall makes sense. They need to justify that. But what incentive do they have to do that when no one is complaining oh, about there's it? There's only other than a few. Cool uh, skip games. the no one is complaining about that because those people are just you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> They don't have a lot of incentive, incentive because they're making one billion dollars. Just let that just that just rolls in because we, you have no other choice. Mm. But if you truly wanted to, now who was it in the chat? Let me. This they had such a good point here. Um, 
the beer baron says there's no way they take away pay it online now that they own call of duty and that yes that's like that is such a an avenue of money for them to get people to pay for gold but if you wanted to yeah. get even more people buying call of duty or game pass or buying consoles Imagine how many people who only play Call of Duty, that's the only game they play, and they play it on their PlayStation, if they found out that Call of Duty was going to be free with a Game Pass subscription, and you don't have to pay that $60 bullcrap online payment they have to do on PlayStation or Xbox, like if that was gone, think about all the people who'd buy a console or come to Game Pass, or just come to the Xbox ecosystem, like, but they probably ran the numbers and thought, we still make more money if we just charge people for this bullcrap service. So I, Game Pass I, Core at least gives you 25, mm. 20 of them are really, really, really good games. It gives you those games and you don't have, like Asa said, that bad marketing PR beat every month. They're like, here's a water egg part two and Gomba simulator. You know, these games that they give away that you're like, oh my gosh. And I haven't downloaded them in like five years. So um, I think it's good. Well, okay. Irrespective of whether or not it's bad to me, the way that was in, the topic was introduced, you've got rid of the shitty two games. No one cared about. Because there's yep. bad marketing beat. Now you got 20. All right. That's a step in the right direction. Okay. Same price, whatever. Uh, it's still bad. I agree with you, Colt, but I don't see Microsoft getting rid of it. Um, Same. There's, yeah. they, they won't. And people, when the casuals who look at COD, they won't say, oh, and it's free. They'll just say, Game Pass? I don't have to pay we'll just good. That's it. They're in. The drug has been introduced into the circulatory system. Biggity with a member for two months says, Stop talking about online. Nobody cares. Okay. And there you go. Just exactly what I just said. <laughs> I literally just it's said funny. They they, they shit. Shit. like the at the moment, in this moment where Microsoft has transitioned people from gold to to Game Pass Core, there's not that much reason to complain or be angry about the transition. But people should have been angry for the last six years or so. Because a lot of people don't seem to realize, and I, this was news to me, like following the discourse on this, there are people that are happy to pay for online multiplayer for Xbox Live Gold on Xbox because they think that they are getting something for that money. They genuinely think they're getting a better service than you get on the yeah. PC. And there a is not a single too. thing. Like It's exactly the same service. If you play on the Xbox app on the PC, you're accessing the same servers, the same features. Every single facet of it yeah. is the same without paying and this is something that i think um is good to highlight to people that they're being ripped off on that front because it'd be really nice if microsoft do move away from it my hope like you look at this and you go this is a missed opportunity to drop the paywall and the paywall should not be there this is a missed opportunity to drop it at the same time they're never going to cut off a massive revenue stream except maybe maybe this is a stepping stone because if you push those people over to a, a service called game pass with the intent of like dropping the online requirement at some point People have a tendency to let subscriptions roll and roll and roll if they're not paying attention to what's happening. Mm -hmm. So if this is just like, we're going to get rid of the online multiplayer, but we can't stop it dead and lose. It's like 30 million subscribers you're talking about for Game Pass, probably, for Gold Live, probably. If you move those people over amicably to Game Pass Core, and then you quietly drop the online requirement so that people that care can celebrate, but people that aren't paying attention can just keep their subscription going maybe you've got a gentle way to get there and then you can still apply that pressure to Sony because it will put a lot of pressure on Sony if Microsoft were to drop that requirement. Yeah. I, I might be mm. like being too generous. It might be that they've got no plan to drop it, but I'm hoping that this is steps towards that happening. Luke, I'm aware that you are still there yeah. without a camera. What are your, what are your yeah, thoughts on online multiplayer? 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. I think the problem is that, um, you know, console gamers really since the start of time have been conditioned to accept that uh, online multiplayer is, is going to have a charge um, that goes alongside it. So whilst I do think people are becoming a bit more wise to it, I don't I don't think on mass it's, you know, there's enough of a clamour for Microsoft or, or any uh, provider, actually. It's not just uh, exclusive to to gold and um, to drop the requirement for you know for online multiplayer um for playing online multiplayer games so uh yeah i think i think the biggest goal is, as you said Acer, is the fact that on pc you know you can literally access the same service you can access gold without paying mm -hmm. anything it's exactly the same i mean the interface is obviously different uh but yeah. um it's it's the same service and, and you don't pay at all for that so um yeah that's that's the bit that's galling i think yeah that that, that kind of hits the narrative of console gamers being treated as second class citizens it just adds to it and it just like you suggested, Asa, maybe like use the AI things to justify it somehow. Like, oh, that's I don't know. Plan B, like I would happily pay for Live Gold or Game Pass Core or whatever they want to call it if they were delivering something incredible that you can't get elsewhere for free. But nobody should be yeah. happy paying for something that is free elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. It's in an L, but it's not going anywhere. Uh, gamers don't tend to care. Um, Major Nelson died. What the? <laughs> get, get! I, I literally wrote Major Nelson dies in my topic <laughs> list. I'm so like, this is last minute, just before the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. Major Nelson is retiring. Uh, it's the same thing, Xbox. isn't it? <laughs> oh shit well it is the same thing for xbox he <laughs> is no more um we wish him well he seemed to have been receding back from the day-to-day -day. like he was he was appearing less frequently um i don't know what more we can say like you've probably accepted like money from him, Colt. You may have more to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, uh, Major Nelson was the face of Xbox for so long, but um, after they stopped doing, um, oh crap, for Inside Xbox uh, with Rubenstein and Major Nelson and even Ricari was there. When they stopped doing that, they stopped using the forward-facing spokespeople and they just started having phil come up front or sarah or just doing these directs and things having the developers do the talking so yeah i i don't think major nelson did all this stuff but they just kind of moved a different way to communicate and he probably i'm sure he's worth a lot at some other company so i'm curious to see where he's going to go because yeah. he's uh he's really really particular about production and lighting sound and all that stuff like oh, yeah. he really loves that and you know being on camera and doing that stuff so he's probably going to go somewhere cool where he gets to continue to be out in front and and communicate something I don't, who knows people are like maybe he went to playstation but i don't know he might do like sean Layden. sean Layden went to a company we've never heard of and he's doing big things behind the scenes and uh, there you mm. go oh okay well we'll find out but shout out to him Super Shout out nice. to him, man. Yeah, yeah, I heard him. He's a really nice guy. Um, but yeah, other than that, chat, hit the like button if you haven't already. What are you doing? Last final topic, very quickly. High on life. 
it's coming to PlayStation 5. Apparently. PlayStation guys, play this game. Um, I need to complete it. In VR. Back. In VR. Play oh, it. Yeah. Am I, am I, Have you played it in VR? Actually. So I, I'd be surprised if it doesn't come out with VR support because it's from Squanch who made Trover yeah. and Accounting mm -hmm. Plus that were VR games. So High on Life is like geared for it and I'd be surprised if it doesn't go there. But if it doesn't, you'll be able to play it modded on PC very soon. So play it in VR regardless. They could actually, yeah, they could actually do um, really cool. Actually, obviously, it's a first-person shooter, but you know the whole whip traversal thing. You could do that with. I can see that with a controller. That would work really well. In fact, the shooting mechanics you know, very yeah, probably wouldn't make you uh, But it, yeah, that's what I want, really nice. Asa. There's more want... gameplay in that than Final Fantasy 16. I want VR, but I want I want to control it with my controller, not the uh, not Why? the ice cream scoopers. I don't know. I just, I just want like the. I love the rumble and the and triggers, like everything where I know where it is. And then I want to be able to look around. I just those. want that so bad. You, you get those. You get the rumble and the triggers, especially like literally. Uh, you yeah, get the rumble true. and yeah. triggers, but also when, um, when the first consumer Oculus came out, it shipped with an Xbox controller. So that was VR for a little while. Like you had an Xbox controller in your hands and you looked around. So much mm. better with hands, Cole. So much better with the oh yeah. Controllers. yeah. Yeah, I know the cool thing where your hands are in the game is pretty cool too. So we'll have to talk post show about it. Neural implants. Jason, give me spend nine million. That's where we're gonna go. Nigel and Rukin with a five dollar super chat. Gas, what's your opinion on Ubisoft removing inactive accounts? You have to log. They give you a warning, and you have to log in within thirty days. They're just trying to delete accounts that people aren't using. But even yeah, if they're including accounts that people have digital purchases on, yes. So it's like it's pretty. That's I'm sure bad. there will be no, no one's going to disagree. We're all going to condemn that as a shit practice that Ubisoft, Ubisoft, mm -hmm. Ubisoft need to revisit very yeah. quickly. <laughs> you can't just like Wish delete accounts. Where's the shit? Bought games on them. What's this? What? That's What's funny. I actually logged What's into my account last night because uh, a friend sent me the Crew Motorfest, Motorfest uh, closed beta. I, you might have I, access to that, Gazzy. Oh, shit. Because I, I was intrigued because I saw some uh, gameplay footage for that. and I wanted I to bring it, was, it up at the beginning right of the show, game. but we were talking about all the other racers. But well, just before we end, let's talk about it. That, that game looks like it has some It's beautiful. Forza Horizon. Yeah, <laughs> it look it looks it looks like it could give Forza Horizon visually and like what it does uh, a final finally a competitor. But the crew is eh, we'll see. I'm gonna try it out tonight. I've got it installed and it looks. I'm excited to try it and give it a, give it, it a looks shot. Like I love the Forza first crew. Horizon. If um, if games had a soul and this one had been extracted, <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, nah. I don't know it's if like that's a, a compliment or no. it's not. It's Ooh. not a compliment. No, <laughs> is it not? Okay, I haven't seen that much. I thought you um, meant it extracted the soul from Forza Horizon, but you're saying no, that, no, no, that no. The, no. You, you, yeah. you, it's the it's the husk. It's Forza Horizon without a soul. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Gaz, go and watch the two minute trailer on the Ubisoft channel. It, you'll be like, well, I wanted to send it to you earlier, but I didn't mm. want to interrupt you or make you have you doing this during the show. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out. If I can download <laughs> so it. I know you are. 
I I thought the gameplay looked nice, but yeah, if you're saying it's like uh, budget Horizon, and Horizon is really good, um, then uh, I don't know. There's so much, there's so much to play. It's just been a mad, mad, mad year already. Uh, so it's gonna go uh, so much to play. Uh, so I can't wait. And Starfield is coming, so that's gonna be crazy for us. Um, and Spider Man, if you're a fan of uh, hitting triangle. Uh, and on that note, I'm joking. Um, but yeah, on that note, it's been a fun show. It's so good to be back. It just felt, just felt wrong not to be, uh, not to be here. But thank you, everyone in chat. I hope you had a good time. Even ponies and Xbox all together in unison. We are not an Xbox channel, despite the fact that I'm me being a piece of shit. Um, we're not. If you want to see the Xbox stuff, you can come on my channel, but that's not about me. Um, it's a bit about the source. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a great, great time. Before we do that, I'm going to ask our guests. Luke's camera battery has died, which is funny because I have the same issue <laughs> with yeah, my cameras. Yeah. Um, but tell, tell Luke, tell people where they can find you. And I hope you had a good time. I did, yeah. Thank you. It was a pleasure as as always, um, and and great to chat with Colt for the first time as well. So that was awesome. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter at LukeSteel90, where I just post a load of shit, to be honest. But if you enjoy that, go check it out. Um, and uh, I'm also on the Indie Gamer channel, which covers indie games, unsurprisingly. Um, uh, and if you like indie games, go and check that out as well, um, because it's 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 really cool, and uh, everybody should like indie games. So yeah. Absolutely. I definitely love indie games. Um, a lot more there than a lot of AAA games sometimes. Um, yep. But yeah, thank you so much, Luke, man. It was really a pleasure. Shame I can't see your face, but I'm sure you're smiling. I'm smiling. I'm ear. smiling. I'm yeah, <laughs> grinning. Ear to, I just can't wait to go to sleep and dream about this. <laughs> and end the pain. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, man. Uh, Cold Eastwood. It's just... It's, you were mean to face. me today. You were mean. What was that? What did I do? I you made him play Exo Primal. Was that today? <laughs> yeah, no, we had fun. Now, now Ace is making me buy VR. I'm like, look, you know, filling up my shopping bag right now. No, I'm just. Um, thanks for having me on, guys. Luke, it was really cool to chat with you, and um, thanks for putting up with our ridiculous antics. But um, I don't know what I'll be doing. You know, uh, I've got my show on Monday. I'm not going to plug it, but hopefully, I'll I'll make some content next week because i covered forza and we'll see we'll see what's next like, i kind of want to talk yeah. about you know if we got a vowed like is a vowed going to be good all that stuff we, we, we got stuff to look forward to yeah. yeah definitely definitely i'm having bad vertigo right now so it's a good time to end it uh asa do you want to say something <laughs> before we end uh, yeah well really quickly like um we weren't here last week we're back this week it's really great to see so many people still stick with us and come back so thanks everyone in chat for coming along Cole and luke for carrying the conversation as you always do and gaz i don't know if you want to say anything or if you're going to collapse but i'm going to put the camera on you anyway so if you do collapse we at least yeah. get to capture that moment yeah um source video is coming ladies and gentlemen so please be uh mindful of that and i've got septic source stuff coming but thank you um we're gonna call it a day because my head is spinning um yeah, but yeah. Thank you. Check out Spotify and listening there and all those places. Pleasure. And hit the like button if you enjoyed it. Peace.